Welcome back to another episode of LA Confidential. My name is Chauncey Talese, and we're about the Super Bowl champion LA Rams for LAFBnetwork.com. It is a fantastic website. LAFB or LA Confidential, like most of our other LAFB podcasts, are brought to you by our good friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news on all your favorite leagues, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live and game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use promo code BLEAV50, it's bleav five zero to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now out of the show. Real um, quick, Chauncey, can I hire you as an auctioneer if I ever need one? <laughs> or more just um, coaching tips maybe. to teach you to talk faster. That was incredible. <laughs> I, I actually did fall behind on my lesson plan today. I'm like, okay, kids, today what we're going to learn about is, uh, you know, similes and metaphors. Here's what a simile is. It uses like or as. Like, man, I could, I could use this training. <laughs> eh, you know, you do this enough. I haven't almost memorized, but I still just need to see it. And, you know. I do it every week, sometimes twice a week. It gets into your brain. It's true. It's very true. <laughs> but the sounds that you're hearing right now are Amar and Tad Desai, the Desai guys. We're going to be previewing fantasy, people. Welcome. Thank you. Glad Thank to you. be on, Chauncey. Glad to be on once again to talk fantasy football. I know. It's your like third time in the in the about a month from there. This is, a bet. This is amazing. That's true. Twice. This is the second time, obviously, talking fantasy football. Then once we had our fun with the Simpsons trivia, which yeah. Ted also surprised us on the last fantasy episode. So yeah. Unfortunately, not tonight. Not tonight. Yeah, not tonight. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. I hadn't hit that one in the butt. I need to go to bed. <laughs> That's okay. I don't blame you. I'm tired yeah. enough to where America could actually beat me. <laughs> Well, no. Tad is also two hours ahead of us, so he's got a little bit, you I know. know. Well, it's yeah. okay. <laughs> but yeah, last time we were just it's talking It's never about... too late to talk fantasy football. That's it's true. It's never yeah, too late to talk fantasy football. No, yeah, last time we just kind of talked about, like, people we thought weren't going to be good. This time it's going to be all positive. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Down with that. Mostly. mostly positive. Mostly I was thinking, no, no, mostly. Yeah, mostly it'll be positive. Uh, well, first of all, how are you guys? Good. Everything's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. It's so, a Monday. What do you expect from me? I know. I know. No, it's a Monday no, no, after no, no. being it's, a teacher, too, oh, right? I guess man. that's the bigger Ooh. one. No, no. There's a math teacher, like, coughing up and down the hallway today, too. And I was just like, mm. yeah, I, for, I forgot. Like, I love teaching, but, man, schools can be a Petri dish. Um, mm-hmm. But, no, in all seriousness, I, I'm very happy to be here. I actually um, did my first mock draft tonight. Um, oh. in, in preparation because I was I just found out in our LAFB uh, network league I got the first overall pick so I was thinking and it was funny what last night to do then well in that but that was the funny thing is I was thinking last night I kept telling Mur this I was like I think I'm going with McCaffrey I know that's an upset and then when the draft actually started I was like oh yeah no it's Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> I was gonna I was say, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, no. There's, there, there's no contest there. And but, Chauncey, uh, I think it's more of just like because you pick first, but then you're not gonna pick again for another picks. nine know, plus another nine picks, eighteen picks. So it's like you kind of need to plan. Okay, who's possibly gonna fall to me at the second round, at the very end of the second round, and you get the back to back pick. So it's, it's a different strategy for sure. But yeah, obviously, with the first pick is usually a little obvious, but. That's where the strategy comes into play then. It's like, how's the board going to play out by the time my second pick rolls That's around? That's true. Well, I'm also just very curious. You weren't going to be picking Taylor for a second there. I mean, you're a Colts guy. 
So my only concern with Taylor is now that we have a capable quarterback, I'm sorry, Carson Wentz, is how much usage is he going to get? And plus, that offensive line is not deep. So if we have similar – and I know it was a lot of COVID stuff that happened, but if we have similar injury struggles on the offensive line like we Mm -hmm. did, I could see Taylor dropping off pretty substantially. Oh, but Matt Ryan will be throwing to him, too. I mean, it's not like Matt Ryan's going to take all your rushing yards away. I think Hines is going to be their primary receiving back, though. I think Hines is going to be the guy. It was funny. uh, I was texting a friend earlier today because he texted me his roster. Mm -hmm. And Amur also did the same at nearly the same time. So I was getting both the rosters mixed up. (laughs) Um, But I was telling my friend because he was like, I got Etienne. That's a running back one right there. And I'm like, eh, is it? And I was just like, because I think the same thing is I'm just not sure how that split up between Taylor and Hines and Etienne mm-hmm. and Robinson are going to go. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting, to say the least. All right. Well, how many leagues are you guys in this year? Three. Only three. Okay. Me I'm too. I'm in my I'm work league, mm-hmm. LAFB Network, and my friends league. So, yeah, three. No, and then you're in my league. So that's four. Four. No, you're right. I knew I was forgetting one. I knew I was <laughs> That sounds like one. three. That seems like that's draft so- again. Ours is next week on actually kickoff weekend. On kickoff oh, it's Thursday, on Thursday. So, that's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's gonna be wow. That's right. Yeah. So for me, I just had one Sunday night. So yesterday, I have mm-hmm. one tomorrow. I have one Wednesday, which is the LEFB Fantasy Football League, <laughs> and then I have my personal league happening next week. And then I still have people trying to text me, be like, "I need a couple more people for my league." So I don't know. I may join up with another one, but yeah. I try to keep it at five or less every year. So. Try yeah. being the keyword. There. Exactly. I, Try being the keyword. I have friends that are in like seven leagues. I'm like, how do you do that? Like, yeah. How do you even you get happy? You give up on half of them. Yeah. Well, like, Honestly, you, you naturally have a prioritization. So it's like some of the other leagues, you're mm-hmm. like, I'll manage it a little bit. But there's clearly like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when you're trying to make a decision, they're like, flip a coin. You kindly are naturally mm-hmm. trying to have a certain outcome come out. So it's like naturally with seven leagues, possibly there are two or three that you're like favoring a lot more compared to others. So, okay, um, yeah. So, and are yeah. your leagues the same or does some of them have a super flex? Do some of them have like an auction? Some of them snake. What, what kind of crazy stuff do you have in your leagues? Ted, go ahead. So, uh, well, with my work league, funny story is, um, so oh, this is great. This is great. One, one of my coworkers also has his own podcast and, um, <laughs> I knew he and I were really excited for the draft. And so on, uh, when was that? Or was that last week? Um, he's walking down the hallway and, um, I just asked him like, Hey, when's our draft? Like, when do I need to start prepping for that? He goes, dude, it was last Sunday. I was like, Whoa, hold on. What? Oh, no. And he was just like, yeah, I was like. Was anyone there? Because no, the commissioner did not let anyone know that our draft is coming up. Mm. And he goes, it was like one or two of us, but everyone else auto-drafted. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and, I, I, and it was funny. I was you know, looking for another teacher, and I ran into an assistant principal in the seventh grade. Seventh grade's in the hallway above me, so I never see them. But for whatever reason, I was up there. Mm-hmm. And one guy had like six receivers on his bench. And honestly, this entire, like the last like week and a half has been like the episode of the league where they get locked out of Andre's apartment and it mm-hmm. auto drafts for them. And then Pete makes that like really complicated map <laughs> of like, all right, these are all the trades to balance the teams. But the funny thing is my team's actually fairly balanced. It's not bad. It's so I'm, not bad. I'm the one throwing the wrench in there of like, well, Ted, we need this guy. I'm like, no, and they're just like, come on, you can be a team player. I'm like, no, like this is your fault. I'm sorry, but no. <laughs> yeah. um, so that was a snake draft, apparently. I don't know. 
my league with my friends is auction. So we made the switch to auction two years ago. And uh, mm. I don't know, we're going to touch on that later, so I won't talk too much about that. And then I believe we're doing, well, we're definitely doing Snake for LAFB Network. I mm-hmm. assume we're also doing Snake for your friends, Ligamer. That's correct. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. How are so, you determining that one? Undecided yet. I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> well, I mean, we have about a week, buddy. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm still figuring it out. I'm still figuring it out. Um, but yeah, for me, Chauncey, pretty much all the leagues that I'm in are Snake Draft. The only difference is that the scoring setting and the roster setting is a little bit different. So the one that I drafted in last night is IDP League. So for those who don't know, IDP stands for Individual Defensive Player. That was shocking. Player. You did not tell me Ooh, that, by the way. So instead of having that. a team defense, you draft the individual players. So you could draft an Aaron Donald and a Nick Bosa and a Derwin James, and they can all be on your roster. So it's a little bit different strategy when you're playing out your fantasy draft. Um, your, uh, your, you know, your cheat sheet, how you're playing to draft, obviously. So... That was last night. And then the league that I'm drafting in tomorrow, this one's a very interesting league. So there's only two bench spots. It's $2, like actual dollars per transaction. It's a $100 buy-in league. And it's a very short roster. So there's a quarterback, there's two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, and a kicker, plus IDP on top of that. So it's a very interesting league. with two bench spots? Yeah, wow. like that I said, it's a, very, it's a very competitive, very interesting league. There's 14 teams. I forgot to mention that, too. So it's like, yeah, this is a fun league. This is, um, this is a league when I formerly worked at the Oakland Athletics. They had a group there that was part of that, so that I joined that. So I'm actually driving out to Oakland to draft at the Coliseum wow. tomorrow, like downstairs in their offices and stuff. So, But, yeah, wow. that's a crazy league. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of is when you play, like, the Call of Duty mode or whatever, where it's one shot, one kill. It's yeah. just like, screw it, this is going to be really weird, but we're just going for it. But, um, no, the funny thing with IDP is I only tried that once in high school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously go for the sack leaders and stuff like that. But with the defensive backs, you actually go for the shittier defensive backs. Because they rack linebackers. up. Same thing yeah, with linebackers. Yeah, because, because they, they rack, rack up, up all the tackles. Yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you never so go true. for like, the Trayvon Diggs. Well, actually, Trayvon Diggs is probably like your dream fantasy IDP Since quarterback. Since he got so many interceptions, he was actually one of the top well, He gets so many interceptions, but it's either an interception or he gets burned and has to yeah. tackle yeah. the receiver. So that's why it's perfect because most – you know, because it was – again, this is when I was in high school and this might date me. But um, I drafted uh, uh, Daryl – is it Darrell or Daryl? I could never say it right. Revis. Revis? Darrell Revis. Darrell Revis. Darrell, Darrell Revis. Damn it. But, um, <laughs> no, so I took Darrell Revis, and he had a very good season, but he was a terrible fantasy quarterback because he no, never tackled guys. anyone. Only well, no one would throw to him. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's, so you always bigger, go for the shitty. That's a bigger thing. To, yeah, nobody's throwing towards your defensive back. That definitely affects things. So, yeah, IDP brings a whole different level of strategy. So, um, those are the two more interesting leagues that I'm playing in. Obviously, we're playing in the LAFB league, which is just PPR, 10-team league, so pretty standard there. And then my personal league is a 12-man league, also just PPR standard it's snake draft. Better than too, last but... year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but you... yeah, so I do like to play in different leagues, and I do like to play with different settings, so that makes it more fun, too. If you're playing in four leagues, and they're all the same settings, then it's like kind of like you were saying, Chauncey, it's like, how do you manage that? You obviously prioritize one over the other, so that sort of thing. So it's like, I like to play in different leagues then if I'm asked to play in multiple Well, that would just never make me happy because, like, let's say you have, like, Derrick Henry, but then, like, in two of your leagues you're going up against people that have Derrick Henry. It's like, no, Yeah, that's a common, common thing for you sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, that's cool. Like, he had, like, three touchdowns and, like, 120 yards, but, like, I'm not <laughs> – you're just yeah. kind of neutral. 
No, that's fair. That's fair, yeah. So that's sort of the curse of having so many leagues. It's just like, oh, I have Derrick Henry in this league. Oh, but he's going against the Packers yeah. defense, which I have yeah. in this league. So it's like, all right, well. Right. <laughs> like, I, you're just level. You don't get happy. Yeah. You don't get sad. Exactly. Now, for our league this year, we, were, we always experiment with something new, and this year we've added in FOB. Um, mm-hmm. Do you guys have any experience with this, and how did it work out for you? Uh, yeah, so FAB is um, free agent acquisition budget. So mm-hmm. pretty much what that means is that after the week is done, you have your waiver wire period. But instead of, like, just going through the standard, like, order of, like, you know, least least um, the worst record to the top record or some people don't even have a waiver wire. It's literally just as soon as Tuesday hits, you can start adding people. Mm-hmm. Instead of having that, what happens is that there's a anonymous auction. So what every team in the league can then do is they bid a certain amount for a player that they want off the waiver wire. And whoever bids the highest amount gets that player and is taken away from your overall budget throughout the entire season. Now, Tad, I know your t- your personal league did this last year, so maybe you can elaborate this, elaborate on this, excuse me, maybe a little bit better than I can. But that's just the overall um, like summary about what exactly FAAB is or FAB, however you want to acronize it. Acronym. Make it an acronym. Abbreviate. Did you almost say acronize? I was trying to say acronymized. That's what I was trying to say. But also, not a word. word. I know it's not also a word. Also, not that's a word. Trying to say. Stop by my sixth grade English class. I can yeah. teach you a couple things. My God, I thought I was supposed to be the one that was bad at uh, pronunciation. But um, yeah, so it was interesting. Is so here's how my league works: is um, mm-hmm. at the start of every August, we all and this is very stressful as the commissioner. Um, we take a 24 to 48 hour. Uh, 48 hour period where anyone can propose any rule change and we vote on it. And for years, this has been a discussion of, do we go with what we call the free agency waiver wire? And, um, last year it finally won out. I think we just, it was, it was a war of attrition. We just finally Mm -hmm. got so sick of it. We were like, all right, screw it. We're going to try it. I actually didn't mind it, but I'm also, I, I really love gambling and that's essentially what it all boils down to. It's a gamble. Right, so and and this background is perfect because uh, Chauncey may be able to shout out what week this was, but um, there was one week in particular I needed a tight end. Right, I streamed mm-hmm. tight ends all year last year, and Jared Cook had a really really good week, mm-hmm. and so you have a set amount to start the season. Not every week, well, depending on your setup, but most of the time it's to start the season. So you're two hundred dollars right. for the season. So if you want to spend two hundred bucks on you know the hot waiver guy. For and it worked for one guy. He spent eighty bucks on Cordero Patterson last year, and I'm like, that was really okay. stupid. And I'm like, nope, nope, okay. By the end of the season, I was like, that yeah. was really smart. <laughs> um, but I bid, I don't know, like twenty three, twenty four bucks on Jared Cook. It was like week seven or eight at that point, and I, I thought for sure, I'm like, there's no way anyone else is going for that. One dude spent like forty five bucks on him. Wow. And exactly, and that was it. It's like you wake up Wednesday morning, you check it, and if you got outbid, you're just SOL. You're shit out of luck. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we voted again or a couple weeks ago. We did our rule day, and uh, that was eliminated in a landslide. Like, people wow. hated it. I didn't mind it, though, because like I said, I, I think it adds a nice little little bit of strategy there, and it's really annoying, too, because if you, even if you have a good team and you just have really bad luck for the first couple weeks, and then all of a sudden that person gets all the key waiver pickups, then the rest of the league is screwed. 
So mm. I actually kind of like the the you know waiver wire free agency, but I do understand how it could upset the the balance. But that's why I like it as well, is because it really depends on your research, right? right. So I, I I could got I, I could get Daryl Henderson actually. I picked him up for like four bucks. Okay, when Cam Akers went down because everyone else thought uh, who was the third running back uh, on the Rams. It was Sony. So, yeah, it was Sony. Everyone thought Sony was going to take over. So I, that's where, how I got Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson ended up being the more successful one. So I'm a big fan of it, but uh, just be aware it does require a lot more strategy, which is why my league voted it out because they were like, we don't have time for that. <laughs> sure. Like, you guys do other things in the fall than fantasy football? That just, <laughs> that's just me. But um, that's why it, it, if you have the time to devote towards it, it's a lot more fun. Okay. And now are you guys super flex people? No. Superflex is cheat. I hate it. Yeah, me and Tad are more, <laughs> me and Tad are more fantasy traditionalists. We don't okay. like the superflex. We like to keep the kickers. I know there's like a, you know, following that band the kickers one, sort of thing. One so rule like... proposal, one rule uh, proposal that was pushed forward in my league was get rid of tight end. Why? Yeah, that's surprising. I, are you just, playing like serial I said, killers? It's, it's uh, well, <laughs> this one might be, but um, oh jeez. Oh yeah, I'm gonna get a text about that joke. But um, yeah, no, this guy. I mean, rightfully so, is like kind of sick of it's Andrews or Kelsey. It's 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 the money. See, I knew I was going to be able to work this in here somewhere. It's Andrews. Find a way. It's Kelsey. It's 50 feet of crap. And then the rest of the tight ends. So basically he wanted to just like true. take that out. Well, but that's the whole thing is like I, I do think tight ends has turned into a streaming kind of position. But mm-hmm. that's strategy. Get used to it. Like that's, right. that's not a bad thing. I mean, yeah, it's kind of boring if it just quarter, all quarterbacks are all uh, receiving and running And that backs. was our thing is what yeah. we replaced it with, and you wanted to throw in another running back, and we're like, no. That's boring. No. no. The running exactly. back is exactly. super dark, super fast. Yeah. Like, even no. just in your normal yeah. draft. Like, think about how far it falls after that. Like, after, like, what? You get to, like, maybe Devin Singletary or something, and then it's just craters. I would – if that happened, I would pick up Sony Michelle. And, yes, I'm aware he got cut today. And that's, well, like, how desperate I would be. <laughs> he'll that's sign my, on somewhere. He'll sign that's on my somewhere. point, though. It's like you, you're you like, okay, cool. Like, all these backs are available. And by the time you get to, like, round three, you're like, oof. What, am I, what do I yeah, do now? No, exactly. Okay. Yeah, it's so, almost like we, that would happen in a 14-man league last year. We <clears> tried <throat> – Ha. We tried yeah, we tried Superflex two years ago and everyone hated it because it's like, oh yeah, you can also start another quarterback. This is this yeah. sucks. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean quarterbacks already get so much attention in regular mm-hmm. football that it's like now they're gonna get so much more attention in fantasy <laughs> football too. It's like, no, let's keep things a little bit, you know. Yeah. Like I said, well, me and Tad are more traditionalists. There's obviously a lot it. of people that are huge fans of Superflex and things like that, but no, for me it's we, like we tried it, we voted it out, it didn't yeah. it didn't work. We were like, Okay, well that was an experiment, like, you know, whatever kept it fresh for a year like fob is our big experiment this year we got rid of defenses and kickers and replace oh, okay. of an extra normal and in lieu of a normal or instead of a normal flex so it's like two flexes okay. and then no defenses or kickers it was, a, it was a compromise the kickers i don't mind but the defenses man like that's just the one of the best feelings in the world i when, know like, your defense gets a pick six and you're like that's six points right there and well, you're like yes ours we would just have it, like all of us, i would count sacks fumbles and all that stuff too. right yeah yeah. pass yeah. deflections so at least it isn't like you just get your 10 points you at the start of the pass game deflections I, i've never yeah. heard of that actually yeah the standard scoring my league yeah. does not do pass deflections oh you can do that we just like yeah. well might as well make it more fun rather than just be like mm-hmm. the 10 points you need to hold on or hope the guy to get a touchdown yeah like it keeps it fresh and then that Mm -hmm. way if your defense does get annihilated you're not having to have like negative 20 points or something like that it's true it balances out a little bit more 
Now, we did come up with a really fun way to determine our draft order this year, and you might like this. My friend found you can simulate, like, WWF's No Mercy. Yes. And so you do um, – I mean, it wouldn't work for a 14-person league because I think you can only do 12. Actually, no, I think you can go up to 16. But you can do a royal, a simulated Royal Rumble. And then each person yeah. – and then we pick names out of a hat to see who got to pick what wrestler. I was about to say, then, so WWF, that's, like, back in the 90s, right? No, no, no. This is to the, uh, early 2000s edition. Okay, so – like whoever gets Undertaker is probably going to get the first overall pick. You'd think uh, that happened last year, but this year no, it did not happen. Um, Taker ended up getting the third pick. Yeah, there you go. Oh, okay. Stone Cold won this year, but like it was Stone fun. Cold, yeah. So you can, so we put it on Discord and we all just kind of watch it play out. Nice. And it's actually I've pretty seen variations. I've seen variations on that to sort of balance out the playing field. Like I think you said, Chauncey, that you guys just pick names and then they got to pick the wrestler that they want. Mm-hmm. I've seen it also. Like I've obviously on fantasy Twitter that some people have done that, but what they did is they just created a bunch of wrestlers that had the same stats. Oh no, that's so they're fun. just named uh, by the individual fantasy manager. No, and so then it was fun. just, everybody's the same. And then it's just, however it plays out, that's how it plays out. But I do like having the actual wrestlers. Yeah. Like, it's like, you get the, then you, you get, get the, the nostalgia too, of like, you know, seeing your canes and your cactus jacks and your, you know, stone. Cold. You get, like, you, get the mu- you get the music. And for the first four, you get yep. your entrances and it, it's mm-hmm. better. Yeah, and, so I agree with that. So that's actually a common one, Chauncey. I've seen that. It's fun. A lot of people have posted that on Twitter. Yeah. Um, for our LEFB Fantasy League, um, me and Tad came up with a great idea. We uh, had the college football week zero season. Uh, we created a Google form, and everybody just had to go through and pick their winners based on who was going to win their matchups for the, I think it was a nine-game slate or ten-game slate. I can't remember Something exactly. Like that, yeah. And then we also had the tiebreakers with the final two preseason games of the season with the Giants and the Jets and then the Lions and the Steelers. And then we had a last tiebreaker of what was the total score between Detroit and Pittsburgh. And so, yeah, through all of that, Tad is a college football guy. He got all the picks right. Dude, for the it was easy. Slate. I don't know how <laughs> that was not more difficult. That was a very easy – I literally went through that entire survey. I'm not joking, like three, four minutes. It didn't take me that long either. I have a feeling that maybe some people, and Chauncey, maybe you can speak to how your process was, mm-hmm. but I have a feeling some people might have sabotaged intentionally to get towards the end so that maybe. they pick uh, at the – instead of being stuck in the that. middle, right? Like part of me thought that, but I was like, I don't know. I really don't know how everybody approached it. So I tried no. to get a higher pick, so I tried see, to be and, more accurate. And, and that's why I'm glad – so the, the my main league – sorry, guys, but my mm. main league is the one with my friends. Partially. Sure. And the, the reason that's my main league is because our punishments are freaking <laughs> Brutal. Uh, you yeah. can actually. Oh, and by the way, Mer, we got Denny. we got to find the Denny's video gang because I told my students about that, and they were like, "You did not do a Skype interview from Denny's." So I'm like, "I swear to God, I did." Yeah, but well, um, we'll find it. Would have been great if someone didn't mislabel our age on Twitter. But um, fun fact mm. for Chauncey's listeners, by the way. So the Desai guys had a previous <laughs> Twitter listeners. account, and um, Mer. Do you, did you change your birth date or something? He like he did he messed no. around with the birth yeah. date or something on Twitter, mm-hmm. and yeah. so it said we were below eighteen. So then Twitter banned our account, yeah. and we lost all content on that account. Because <laughs> yeah. I thought it would be cool, so that it'd be that's what it was. when he our thought, show yeah. started. That's what I set the date as. But then yeah, I didn't realize that Twitter had that rule. It said yeah, we had we got banned. So, t- and so we the tried Twitter to... algorithm thought we were like a three year old on Twitter. Yeah, and it was just yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I think Twitter and then uh, Tad tried to reach out to the Twitter police and be like, "Can you unblock this account?" They're like, "This account is already permanently banned or deleted or something like that." So that's why we had to create a new account. So some of the stuff that we posted in the past got deleted. Yeah, so. That's adorable. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But yeah. um, 
but no, so my main league, we mm-hmm. are actually in auction drafts. And I actually, and again, we made that switch about two or three years ago. I like that better because if you hit that five spot with the snake draft, your entire night's ruined. Like, you're, you're, I, I won't say your draft spot. is ruined. Chauncey has like, a five spot in our league, actually. The LA yeah, <laughs> and, and, that's, and that sucks because that I takes strategy mine, out of so. it. Like, yeah. it's, it's, you leave too much up to luck. And with auction, I think you introduce a little bit of, uh, a, a little bit more strategy in there. So, and I'm a chess player, so it's just, yeah, how about mm. that for a humble brag? But it's just like, <laughs> I feel like I'm playing chess with, uh, you know, like with an auction draft. I'm playing chess against mm-hmm. my friends, basically, but with fantasy football. It's like my two favorite things combined. All right, so we're, so snake versus auction, because like I hear a lot of stuff like, oh, snake draft people are losers. I've, I've, I've heard I that say, a lot. Of... I mean, losers is rough. That's, that's, <laughs> that's pretty harsh. That's mean. That's, that's pretty mean. harsh. I'm just saying. Uh, they're they're I, idiots, I but they're not losers. Oh, I see. I want to go. I'm kidding. See, all right. Before. All right. <laughs> all, I've been wanting to all, go auction All hate years. tweets go to Murderside23 on Twitter. Yeah, I wanted to, I've wanted to go auction in our league forever, but, you know, most of them don't want to do it. They like the yeah. snake, which, fine, I'll do the snake. But, like, I, auction does seem more fun, but I want to know, I want to know why is, I, I know the strategy. I get that. But like, why is snake being looked at, uh, looked at with, like, a frown? Why is it frowned upon? Because exactly like what I said, it's it's a lot of luck. So I, okay, forget five. You get five, it's kind of boring, whatever, and you're in a tough spot. Yeah. Six seven is also super boring because it's five, but cool. a little less glorified. Mm-hmm. And it's just like and basically yeah, and, that, and again, even if you get one, like I have one, I'm happy I have one. But at the same time, that Wednesday night is going to be very boring <laughs> for me. A murder is going to have to text me to shut up because I'm going to be waiting <laughs> so long in between picks. I'm going to get too talkative. Like that, mm-hmm. I can guarantee you that's what's gonna happen because as I was doing my mock draft tonight, it was like, okay, I'm you know I got home from work, I'm playing a video game, and I was like, all right, let's do a mock draft, and then it was like, you have 18 picks until your next pick, and I would play a video game for about, I'm not even joking, 10 to 15 minutes, and then I was like, oh cool, <laughs> I'm up, and that's just horrifically, especially like if you're in the room with the people, that's a little bit more fun, and I guess you know that will kind of help live streaming mm-hmm. it, but if you're just doing it from home, it's horrifically boring. Yeah, I get that. I, mean, I was tenth in a uh, draft last week, and it was like kind of fun because at least I got to like when they got to pick, I got to pick quickly. So back to back, yeah, yeah. exactly, pretty much. It was because, a twelfth league, but yeah, like it went by fast. And I think Chauncey, I think maybe people are sort of you know similar to what we were talking about with like you know the um, free agent uh, waiver wire, the Fab for that, and the Superflex mm-hmm. and all that stuff. These are sort of newer trends that mm-hmm. are happening with fantasy football. So snake draft is just more of a traditional thing. So it's yeah. like a lot of people don't want to be the traditionals anymore. They want to go with what's newer. It's like, you know, I don't know if you guys have heard, but there's like things called vampire leagues and guillotine yeah, leagues. I had and never like, heard oh, of vampire All these lots of weirder so leagues out down. there. Vampire leagues are weird, man. Go on. They're pretty, fan- they're pretty funky. Go on. What's a vampire league? <laughs> So I'm not sure if I got all the rules off the top of my head, but essentially what it is is that however many teams you have in a league, so let's say you have 10 teams in a league, Mm -hmm. um, nine people draft. One person is designated as the vampire. So what happens is that the vampire builds his theme through what's left of the waiver wire. Mm. So he always gets priority on the waiver wire once the season begins too. But here's the fun thing with the vampire. So whenever the vampire plays a team, so let's say I'm the vampire and I play you, Chauncey, in Mm -hmm. a week. If I beat you, I can now take anybody from your starting roster without objection. 
So huh. they become part of my, you know, vampires of the night. Or so they, they, got, they, they, they have to drop Justin Herbert to waivers. No one else is allowed to put in a waiver claim except for you, and you get Herbert for nothing. Exactly. So, okay. And then there's added strategy where it's like the nine people that are humans, I guess, if that's what you want to call them. Uh, sure. They can sort of play some of their starters on the bench because your bench is off limits. So it's only people in your starting roster that can potentially get poached by the vampire. So some people play that strategy where it's like, okay, I have Cooper Cup last year. It's like, I'm not dropping Cooper Cup. So I'm going to play him on the bench this week because I don't want to lose him to the vampire in case I lose this week sort of thing. So then pretty much it progresses the rest of the season the way it is. Um, the other nine players are not allowed to negotiate with trades and things like that and once again with the vampire league there's different scoring settings too but essentially what it is is that the vampire's way of sort of winning the league is that he needs to beat enough people to poach the good players onto his roster then then build through the waiver wire so it's a different the different or or if you lose but think about it this way if you lose the first three or four weeks you are screwed that is true, but like I said, you always get priority on the waiver wire. So it's like you know the Cordero Patterson of last year. Oh, see, you will my, be able to pick them up. My understanding of it was that they weren't even allowed to pick up on the waiver wire. No, the other nine players are not. Like, or you know, like I said, depending on the setting, it's like either they're not allowed to, or they're always going to be behind the vampire. So the vampire always will have priority wow. to get the players that they want to improve their that, roster. That system. one feels a little too slanted to the vampire, in my opinion. Like I said, the, it the, really depends my, on how you under, want to adjust the settings. Yeah, my but, understanding yeah. of it was if the vampire wins that week. He gets a player and waiver uh, priority, no, but if he loses, the then he doesn't only get waiver priority. Now, what's okay. a guillotine league? A guillotine league is a lot more simpler. It operates the same way as a standard fantasy league, mm-hmm. but the whole point is that you don't want to lose in a given week. So every, so it's not instead of going head-to-head, mm-hmm. it's everybody against everybody, essentially. So it's a rotisserie oh, style. Rotisserie okay. style, that's the way. And so what it is is that you never want to finish last in a given week. Sure. Because if you finish last in a given week, you're done. You don't play for the rest of the season in that league. And Good it just God. continues on. So some people call it guillotine league. Some people call it an eliminator league. It really depends, but pretty much that's how it works. So pretty much you're just Ugh. fighting every week to not be last. All right. What are some speaking, other weirdo Speaking trends? of oh, that, by the way, sorry to interrupt real quick. No, no, we're no. going we're gonna to do some me and Amur personal conversation here uh, just uh. real quick. <laughs> that reminded me. I meant to text you earlier about this, Amur. Uh, we're back in fantasy baseball. Oh, are we? Yes, we are. So me and Amur have been co-managing a fantasy baseball team, and we just had the Good shittiest Lord. luck. We took a very high risk, high reward, and it definitely oh, was more literally risk than reward this well, year. What did you do? <laughs> so we draft. Well, this is going to be great. So for any of our, uh, your listeners that uh, follow baseball, uh, I think this is a Murs idea, to be honest. But uh, we were like, dude, we're going to take Fernando Tatis. We're going to wait. Ooh, no. And it's yes. going to be good. I think that was my idea. Yeah, you're right. You're right and then, well, and then I had bad bets too. There was some player where I was like, "I'm but telling you, were, you this guy's going to be good." That idea too, so I was, no, no, I was, I was. It was, it was yeah. a co, it was a co decision. So that was just stuff like that. We we drafted Jack Flair, Jack Flaherty. That's the yeah. one I wanted. Jack so Flaherty, Jack Flaherty, because I'm from St. Louis. Um, so I was like, "No, I'm telling you, Flaherty's going to be great when he comes back. He was back for like two weeks, then got mm-hmm. hurt again." Uh, he might come back. He's still on our IL, by the way. But anyway, so this whole league is one of my college friends' dads. Mm-hmm. And they lost the guys, so they were just like, "Okay, yeah, son, bring in your friend; it'll be fine." And I'm walking into work this morning, and I get a text from this number, and I was like, "What the hell is this number?" And I look, and it was his dad texting me, going, "Why have you stopped playing?" 
And I'm like, well, my playoff – and I literally texted him back. I'm like, well, my playoff chances dropped to zero last month. Mm-hmm. And he just goes, well, you can still win money in the consolation bracket. I was like, really? And he was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we can break even, baby. We can break even. So okay. we're back in it. We're back All in right. it. I, I updated the waiver wire and everything there. But, uh, um, not these pick. Uh, ugh. Yeah, that oh, didn't yeah, work out. Yeah. Like I said, we went with Jack Flaherty and Lance Lynn. Oh, were all those Chapmans on the IL too yeah, now? He got like, yeah, that hurt us a bit. Oh, um, do you see um, um, who is our really good pitcher? Our number one pitcher that sucked to start the year, but we kept him. Charlie Morton? No, not Morton. No, we picked him up later. Oh, Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler. Right? He's on the IL now too. Yeah, like yeah. we just <laughs> had shit luck, dude. Like we got just... decimated by injuries with a lot of our players, but yeah. So. But yeah. Anyway, so we're back in fantasy football or uh, baseball. <laughs> baseball. Congratulations. Interesting. Interesting. We're back. Um, yeah, Chauncey, just jumping back to the original topic. Like, as far as other fantasy leagues, like I mean, these are the ones that I sort of heard. As far as like a standard fantasy <laughs> league is concerned, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the best ball league. No. So best ball leagues is a new trend as well. Pretty much what you do is you draft your roster <laughs> at the very beginning of the season, and that is it. Oh, yeah. You I heard about not... My friend did one of these today. Yeah, so I think uh, Underdog Fantasy is a big proponent of best ball, but lots of the other platforms are doing it now too. But, yeah, you draft your roster from the beginning of the season. Your roster is a little bit expanded. And then the nice thing about best ball is that your bench counts towards your starting roster. So mm. it will put together – the highest scoring positions for your starting roster in a given week. So even if you have a guy on your bench, it will count that player if they were the highest scoring person for that given week. So it's like, yeah, you sort of need to like draft towards the future. So it's like, you know, let's say the situation in Tennessee where it's like Ryan Tannehill's the starter now, but based on the preseason that Malik Willis has put together, maybe he's going to start towards the end of the season. So Malik Willis becomes a little bit more valuable in a best ball league compared to a regular fantasy league mm-hmm. because he may give you points towards the end of the season where it's going to matter a little bit more. So it's a little bit of a different strategy, but the nice but thing about it is that it's for fantasy people who don't want to do the whole management every single week. It's like you draft mm-hmm. at the very beginning of the season and you're done. And then whatever happens, happens. So there isn't one of those situations where you're like, oh, my God, I didn't start, like, I don't know, uh, Van Jefferson, and he, like, went off against, exactly. like, Atlanta or exactly. something. Yeah. Oh so my it's God, not a situation idiot. like that. It will automatically <laughs> take that high total for you into your starting wide receiver position. Let's say if in that same game, Cooper Cup throws up a dud. Like, I mean, it's unlikely, but let's say he does. And Van Jefferson had the highest total of that game. It'll count Van Jefferson's score and not Cooper Cup's score then. So wow. it will well, it's nice, total the highest score it's, it's nice, too, because I always quote this from the league as well during our show of just like, you know, when it's 1130 and you're sitting there and you're like, what does questionable even mean? <laughs> and you're like, you're just sitting there freaking out because it's the yeah. 1150. That is the worst feeling in the world. When it's the 1155, yeah. is he good to go or not? And then like you get the news and one way or the other, you got to make a move and like, ah, oh, I hate On that On the flip side though, the thing that sucks about best ball is like, like I said, you draft your roster and then that's it. So let's say you have a guy that gets injured in week one, like a Raheem Moster for the 49ers last year. If you had him on your best ball league, now he's just taking up a spot on your roster and you're kind of screwed. <laughs> <laughs> so it works Good both point. ways. It Imagine, works both ways. Let's see. Who's a player that's um, – wasn't there a Buccaneer receiver that just went down for the year? Not yet. Yeah, not um, yet. But Godwin got hurt, I think, towards the beginning yeah, of the season. Yeah, no, it's not Godwin. No, it was towards the end of the year. 
God of God Returns, Returns at the end of the year? Yeah. Okay, yeah. It was I like week 12 or no, something. No, no, it's not God what I'm thinking of then. It's like, I don't know, but like, it, it, yeah, exactly. If someone goes down preseason and you drafted, mm-hmm. you know, first week of August, yeah, you're screwed. Yeah, exactly. Well, so you don't ever draft the first week of August. Pros and cons of everything. That's a whole other discussion. That's also serial killer behavior. You always do it as close to the season <laughs> as you can. I don't understand. Emer, like to his credit, was throwing out ADPs in like late July. I'm like, who the hell is drafting in July? Some people had it. Some I did. I mean, again, though. props. And that's not that's not a knock on you. That's a knock on those psychopaths. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I haven't heard of anything else besides like some of those as sort of the common like sort of quote unquote weirder fantasy leagues. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, I get it. You got to keep it spicy because you know if you do it every year, you know yeah. it can get old. Mm-hmm, Especially mm-hmm. if you suck and you need to figure out a way to <laughs> change the game into your favor. Yep, I get you. I get you. All right. Well, now for the fun stuff, um, I do follow you guys on the gram and read you guys on LAFB. Great website. You should all check it out. Indeed. Indeed. And I do listen. But for those that don't, let's do our top five at every position. Now I won't rank because I'm very bad at ranking that kind of thing. I'm. I, I, more, I go I go with, mo- not my heart, but I go with my gut on a lot of these things. I couldn't tell you the difference between, like, an Eckler and Derrick Henry, really. Sure. But, all right, so, Amir, your top five running backs right now. Where's the, yeah, where's so, the market? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just for everybody who happens to follow the Desai guys on Instagram and Twitter, and we post those graphics, me and Ted have a different approach as far as how we do, did our rankings overall. Mm-hmm. So the rankings that I posted were for pre-draft rankings for how are these players are going to be approached as far as how people are going to draft them in certain positions um, to start the season. Tad, on the other hand, did his rankings based on where they're going to finish. Mm. So... To help mix things up, I also did the same Tad approach because Tad is going to stick to the rankings that I already did. But I took the Tad Damn approach. Right, and I, I decided my, my to put. My approach is better. <laughs> so I we'll did see. the top five as far as where I think these players are going to finish. So I'll start at the quarterback position. At number one, I whoa, got Patrick whoa, 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 hold on. Are we going? Are we going quarterback or running back? I'm going running back first because that's the running that's the first, marquee okay. position for okay. fantasy. All right, all right. Okay, I was about to say, that's why I pulled up. So I have pulled up okay. my rankings my mistake. again. So. My mistake. Okay. I misheard that. I misheard that. So because everyone goes running back first. Running backs first. So at number one, I actually got Austin Eckler. You brought him up, but I you think... You son of a... <laughs> we talked wow. about this on the podcast. I mean, he has such a great ability, especially in this offense that's becoming a lot more of a potent offense. Justin Herbert's coming into his own. He's going to be... Austin Eckler, that is. He's going to be a great pass catcher out of the backfield. He's a great runner as well. He had 20 total touchdowns last season, so I can only expect him to at least meet that number close to that this season as well. Mm-hmm. So I expect him to finish at number one. You, um, better, you the, better be real careful with this number two pick. Number two, I got Christian McCaffrey. Oh, I okay. got the bounce back happening. I think he's going to stay healthy the entire season. He's going to be a dynamic threat, very similar to Austin Eckler. I think it's going to be there a couple games. There's going to be a little bit of a struggle because of the, you know, Baker Mayfield, I think, may not have the greatest season overall. There may be a couple games where he throws up some duds, and that will affect Christian McCaffrey, too. But I still like him overall for the entire season to finish at number two. Number three, Tad, I got your boy, John the Taylor. I think he's going to have a sensational season. I don't think, obviously, he's going to have the amazing season that he had last season. But he's going to have a top five finishing type of season. So I got him here at number three. Uh, Number four, I've already talked about this guy before on the podcast, Aaron Jones. I think his involvement in this offense with the trade of Devontae Adams is going to be 
so huge. Like, I mean, he's going to be their focal point of the offense. He's going to be a pass catcher. He's going to be a, uh, a running back as well. I know AJ Dell is going to touch him for as far as rushing, uh, rushing carries, but I think Aaron Jones is still overall going to be that overall running back number one. They're going to see that after a couple of games that Aaron Jones is just the more dynamic player, even through the run game compared to AJ Dillon. So AJ Dillon may vulture some touchdowns, but Aaron Jones is clearly the pass catching back. So that's where his value lies, especially with more leagues toward trending towards being towards PBR. So I got him at number four. Number five, this may be a little bit questionable, but I got Derrick Henry at number five. I got him having a rebound season. He's going to stay healthy the entire season. I know there's question marks in that offense as far as what's happening in the passing attack, but you can rely on Derrick Henry. It doesn't matter if you're going to stack eight or nine or ten or possibly even the whole 11 in the box. This guy will find a way to get positive yardage. I think he's going to rebound just fine, possibly be in the conversation for Comeback Player of the Year award because he missed half the season as well. But I I got him finishing in the top five. Okay. Tab? Okay. So, uh... Oh, man, I, I was debating if I was going to try this, and it's late night, and I'm tired. So I'm, <laughs> I have, I have the courage man. to try oh, it. So I've been, I've been workshopping a very, very poor Mel Kiper oh, to do this. Well, now oh, we please. have to hear it. Now so we have so to if, hear it. It, if it falls flat, you guys got to let me know, all right? <clears throat> all right, so I'm just going one through five, mine? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, at number one, I have Austin Eckler as well. I think that Todd, 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 being a Murr, I think that he really stole my pick at Austin Eckler. I agree that he is an excellent, excellent receiver. He is going to be an excellent dual threat. He is really going to take it deep. This is a very limited Mel Kuyper, as the more I do it, the less good it gets. But I'm going to keep running with this. So, at number two, I have Jonathan Taylor. I disagree that that Jonathan Taylor is going good. Now, Todd, 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 notice how that is my go-to joke there. I think that... Jonathan Taylor, as long as that offensive line stays healthy, he has an excellent, excellent running ability. (laughs) So that will be excellent. At number three, I have Nick Chubb. I understand with the suspension of... uh, Yeah, I'm going to ditch this bit, but... (laughs) (laughs) It was so good, though. I I don't really think it was that good. (laughs) Well, like I said, good is like quotation Good, yeah, 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 good, good. Todd, 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 Todd. Uh, it's very limited. It's my limited uh, uh, Mel Kiper. I can do that for one player. Uh, oh God, no! I can't do it. McShay doesn't have like the the voice for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like McShay is too normal. Oh, no, no, I can't do McShay. You right? I can't do McShay. Ohio State is great school. They should definitely make the playoff committee every single year. Yeah, oh, McShay, get out of here. Yeah, no, he's unbiased with. Uh, a, Oh man, Matthew Berry's a good one. All right, I'll practice my Matthew Berry. Next time I'm on, I'll do I'll I'll, I'll do a Matthew right. Berry. Am I about to become the Caliendo of LAFB? Because we're maybe we're fucked if that's the case. Hey, <laughs> uh, I think you left off at number three. You said Nick yeah. Chubb. So Nick, Nick Chubb. Um, granted, I made this list before all the Deshaun Watson news went down, but mm-hmm. uh, I am still a believer in Nick Chubb. I'm shocked how low his ADP has been. Mm-hmm. I've actually been doing some research on that. He's been slipping. To the you know third and fourth round in some drafts apparently, which is hugely shocking. I understand why, but this guy has been able to succeed in Stefanski's system with bad quarterback play from Baker Mayfield. Not that's any of Baker's fault. So I'm a big believer in Nick Chubb as well. Um, Kareem Hunt might be you know there, there's this whole contract situation going on with that. So I, I like his volume share. And um, at number four, I have Dalvin Cook. Health is obvious. This is a health mm-hmm. game, obviously. 
<laughs> if he can stay healthy, he's going to be good. If he can't, he's not going to be good. But an important keynote to uh, throw out there is that Alexander Madison apparently is not being shopped around. He sure yep. is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if Madison gets moved, Dalvin Cook's value shoots up even more. In my Plus he's going to be catching a lot more balls this year. Exactly. And then at number, at number mm-hmm. five, I have Joe Mixon. I think Joe Mixon is primed for an absolute, especially with how much the Cincinnati Bengals invest in that uh, in that offensive line this offseason. I really, really do believe that this is a really key breakout year for that Bengals offense. I think, again, with that Bengals offense, it's a gamble because, like, let's see if it was a flash in the pan or if they're actually legit. I'm going towards the latter. I think they're legit. So I guess what I'm saying is ta 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 dumber. I believe that while your list is not bad, here's the things that I disagree with. I have Aaron Jones at number six. Aaron Jones is really good, but I am very concerned with that offensive line. I'm a little worried. There's not a lot of fluidity in that offensive line, but I think the hip flexibility is really good. Now, you look at that 40-yard dash time, I think that you can really hit it. And then also I have Derrick Henry at number seven. Um... I just I that Titans offense is gonna stall. In my yeah, fair. Yep. They're just gonna fair. stall. Fair right. reasoning. And fair that reasoning. is the introduction and conclusion of my yeah. limited Mel Kiper. We I are continue. not doing that for the rest. We're of the gonna stake this, Tad. Now you oh, get to God. start with your top five for receivers. Okay, receivers. Give me one second to pull that up very quickly. Um, so with receivers, I. Ooh, this one was tough because – so we are we assuming that we're going to go PPR here? Yeah, yeah. This is mm-hmm. just in PPR. Okay. So I, I do think, obviously, uh, this is going to be a real hot take, that Cooper Cup is going to drop off from a all-time historic season. But I still have Cooper Cup as my top receiver. Uh, Jamar Chase, like I said, I'm leaning towards the ladder with that Cincinnati Bengals okay. offense that I really think he and Burrow are going to keep it going. And again, I think it's it was funny because I I, had, I was singing an entirely different tune last February mm-hmm. after the Bengals lost. I'm like, that was a flash in the pan. They lost their one chance. They're screwed. And then for once, in a very not Bengals fashion, they actually invested into their team. And I'm like, okay, all right, my Brown, <laughs> I see you. I'm like, all right, so. Mike Brown made me a believer. So I got Cooper Cup 1, Jamar Chase 2, Justin Jefferson 3. I think the decline of Adam Thielen is finally here. I, I I'm, don't mean finally like I was looking forward to it. I like Adam Thielen. He's a fun player to watch. But <laughs> good because he listens. The, the dudes. <laughs> that's good. Adam? <laughs> I'm with you, buddy. Um, pretty sure this is audio only, but still, I, I'm, I'm with you. But um, I think that Justin Jefferson is – honestly, it wouldn't shock me if Justin Jefferson finished as the top fantasy receiver this year. At number four, I have C.D. Lamb, pure – and this is why I was asking about PPR. Because mm-hmm. if it's not PPR, C.D. Lamb drops a little bit in my rankings. But sure. I think just by pure – Target share, CeeDee Lamb's going to surprise some people because Z- people forget this. Zeke Elliott's not going to be that good this year, probably. So they're going to pass a lot more. And with Amari Cooper gone, I think CeeDee Lamb is going to get a lot, lot more targets there. Well, so, I think he's look, the only receiver on their roster, I think. Is that true? Him and Gallup is still there, it. right? Is Gallup still there? Yeah, but uh, Gallup's going to miss the start of the season because he's going to be on the pup list. So there you go. Mm-hmm. I was I'm trying to think of some bad pup joke, but I'm not gonna even go. It's for okay. It. And then number five, we have Stephon Diggs. I, I like Stephon Diggs, mm-hmm. but interesting name to throw out here for a good sleeper who I think will eat into Diggs uh production. I think Gabriel Davis is prime for a huge year. 
Gabe okay. Davis is going to have a breakout year for yeah. sure. I so I think he's going to eat into Stephon Diggs' production a little bit. Not enough to make him fantasy, you know, a fancy buzz, but not quite enough to get there. And then uh, real quick, just run through my next few. Um, Devontae Adams at six, Debo Samuel at seven, Keenan Allen at eight, and then Tyreek Hill at nine. Okay. Tyreek Hill at nine. Interesting. Okay. Now I'm there. Yeah. Um, so for me, I actually, uh, Tad, you brought this up, but I like Justice Jefferson as the number one I, finishing I, I, ranked that's not fantasy that big receiver. Because, yeah. I mean, he talked about this during the offseason, during one of his media sessions. He's like, I understand why Cooper Cup was so good last year. Kevin O'Connell's system gets me open a lot more. So I expect that to translate into the regular season, too. So I really like Justice Jefferson. He's increased his production value every single season since he's been in the league. I expect him to take that next step and be the number one fantasy receiver this year. Um, number two, I also have Jamar Chase. I, I I agree with you. I think this Bengals offense is going to be legit as opposed to being that flash in the pan like you were sort of saying. So, yeah, I 100% on board with you on that. It's going to be a good offense. Joe Burrow, that LSU connection with Jamar Chase is going to continue into year two with him. Number three, I actually have Cooper Cup here. So we had Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup switched here. So Cooper Cup is still going to put up a great season, but the addition of Allen Robinson, I think he's going to eat into Cooper Cup's production a little bit more. So Cooper Allen Robinson, very capable receiver. He just stuck in sort of fantasy purgatory being in Chicago. <laughs> like, I mean, having and such Jackson terrible Hill. quarterback play is just like, you know, finally being with a, you know, now Super Bowl winning quarterback in Matthew Stafford, just being such a more capable, more consistent quarterback. I think Robinson's numbers are going to be a lot better in LA compared to in Chicago. So mm-hmm. I like him here to eat into Cooper Cup's production just a little bit. Cooper Cup's still going to be great. That's why I have him at number three, but Allen Robinson's going to eat into that a little bit there. At number four, I got Stefan Dix. I know you have him at five, but I still like him to finish at four because yes i do like gabriel davis i like isaiah mckenzie as well and you know i love jameson crowder right <laughs> so i like though that's i don't Diggs, know why i don't know I, why I, you're saying, i don't get it either yes, but he's do. just one of those producing guys that just like you know falls under the radar but just like yeah i love me some jameson crowder but yes stefan Diggs is still the primary option in that buffalo offense josh allen that main connection there we may see some vulture of touchdowns going to dawson knox as well but Stephon Diggs, there's a reason that he was traded there, and he's still well, he gets the mo- he, He's going to get the most targets, and he's got good hands. Exactly. Exactly. That's the he's See, my concern is the touchdown numbers. I think Knox and that's uh, fair. Davis that's are fair. But once again, we're talking about a PPR league. I think it's going to be that sort of also thing that fair. you're sort of uh, addressing with CD Lamb. It's just like he's going to get such a massive target share, even target with share, yeah. uh, Gabriel yeah. Davis and Isaiah McKenzie and Jameson Crowder eating into that Dawson Knox as well. Excuse me. They're, even though they're going to eat into that, Stephon Diggs is just going to get such a massive amount of targets. And Diggs will always you'll think, oh, crap, he's only having like 30 yards. The next thing you know, he'll have like 90 by the end it's of the It's very game. true. It's very true. He's very capable of just hitting he that open play whenever he needs to, and he gets you those long yardages as well as that one touchdown that you need to put it mm-hmm. over the top. So Stephon Diggs, I got him at four. Number five, we actually have a different name here because you had CeeDee Lamb in your top five. I have Keenan Allen making the top five. I think really it's Keenan Allen, dude. He's the I think this Chargers of offense, you know, just talking about this Chargers offense, I already brought it up earlier, but it's going to be just that much more dangerous heading into the second year um, under Brandon Staley, under Joe Lombardi. <laughs> it's going to be just a lot more just – Keenan Allen's going to get involved. Mike Williams is going to continue his ascent. Austin Eckler already talked about finishing at number one. Justin Herbert's going to be in the MVP conversation. So this offensive line is the offensive line is going to be a lot better too. So it's just this offense overall is just going to be very high scoring. They're going to be a top five scoring offense overall. And because of that, and see, look, I mean, Cap agrees with me here too. That's like Keenan Allen's going to creep up into that top five and finish as a top five fantasy receiver. I think he's finally going to do it. Because Tad, we've already talked about this on the podcast. It's like, 
Nobody talks about Keenan Allen, but he's always consistently finishing he's, at like wide receiver seven top 10. or yeah, wide receiver eight. Like 10. he's always in the top ten, but nobody talks about it enough. I think this is the year he finally creeps into that top five and he finishes right at number five. All right, now Mayor, sticking with you, tight ends. All right, wait, wait, real quick, real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Last last time I tried this character, but oh, while Mer was talking, I decided to look up a scouting uh, profile that Mel Kiper had on Justin Jefferson. Sure. He had a great year. He became more consistent catching the ball. He benefited from Joe Brady's influence as well. He ran a 4-4-3, 40-yard dash at the combine, a 37.5-inch vertical jump on the heels of what you saw during his career and his improvement. Now, Todd, 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 I think he's solidly in the 19 to the Raiders or 21 to Philadelphia or 22 to Minnesota, somewhere in that area. Mel? Honestly, to, you know to what? Mel's credit, he called that. <laughs> he no, called honestly, this. Tad, you were actually your Mel impression was so much better when you had a script. When you're sort of going, I think when I had the script, you yeah, did, no, you no, didn't no, know no. where to go. Yeah, it's it falls apart. Really but when I have a script, yeah. it's good to go. Yeah. It's good so to go. Actually, it was hey, a lot you settled better. into it. That was yeah. nice. That was actually a lot better. That when you do what to say, it actually All right, sounded there. We go. There we go. Sounded very good. Oh God. Yeah, let's get to tight ends. I mean, we kind of talked about this business earlier, where you said that you know people wanted to ban the tight ends for some reason, so. That was a little weird, but yeah, I mean, it's a very interesting position. So for me, I mean, with the trade of Tyreek Hill, I feel like Travis Kelsey is going to regain his spot as the number one fancy tight end last year as Mark Andrews. But yeah, this year he's just going to get a crazy amount of targets. Like, I mean, I like the <laughs> offense overall. There's a lot of great receivers in that, um, in that uh, Kansas City offense that are good for fancy versus two. I'm very high on Juju Smith-Schuster. A lot of people are very high on the rookie Sky Moore. Um, mm-hmm. But Travis Kelsey is going to be the guy that when Patrick Mahomes needs to convert a crucial down or need a crucial touchdown or just anytime there's a crucial play where he needs to throw the ball, it's going to go to Travis Kelsey. So for that reason alone, he's going to finish at number one. And number two, Kyle Pitts. He makes a huge jump in year two. I know Drake London is there. He's definitely going to be involved. But based on everything, I just see that Kyle Pitts taking that next leap. He's going to be a favorite target of Marcus well, Mariota. And he's, he's the only to... living receiver on the Atlanta roster. <laughs> well, like I said, they got Drake London. They uh, traded for Brian Edwards, who has that connection with Marcus sure. Mariota, formerly playing with the Raiders. So I like that connection, too. But, yeah, I think Kyle Pitts just – the biggest thing that hurt Kyle Pitts last year, and he would have finished a lot higher, is he didn't score a lot of touchdowns. I don't think he scored any touchdowns. If he scored one, maybe. But this year, I think he's going to score a lot more touchdowns, which will add to his fantasy point total. Because he went over the 1,000-yard receiving mark. But just, yeah, he didn't score any touchdowns as much. So I like him to finish at number two. Number three, this is where I got Mark Andrews slated. You know, he's in an offense that's a very run-first offense. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson likes to throw to Mark Andrews. They trade away Marquise Brown to the Arizona Cardinals. So, I mean, now it's just Rashad Bateman. And I don't know who Tyler, else. Like, I mean, Tyler Wallace? Is he there? Maybe? Like, I, I don't even remember. I'm on, I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> I think they have James Prochet out of Michigan, if I remember correctly. They have um, – Devin Duvernay, I think, out of UCLA, if I remember correctly. But mm-hmm. anyways, it's pretty much a lot of guys that's like, maybe they can be factors, maybe they can't be factors. But Mark Andrews, once again, very similar to Travis Kelsey in Kansas City. He's the consistent option that Lamar Jackson can rely on. So, Tad, you got some answers on the receiving depth for the Ravens. Right, receiving depth for the Baltimore Ravens. Rashad Bateman, Tylen Wallace, Devin Devin Devernay, yeah. Wow. Holy shit. I can't believe this guy's still in the league. Demarcus Robinson. Oh, yeah. They just signed him. They just oh, signed him. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah, that explains they just it. Signed All right. Him. That explains it. Um, James Prochet? 
That's not James a real Crochet. That's a, yeah, that's the yeah. guy in Michigan I remember. Benjamin, He's not real. which I've never seen. Benjamin Victor, Raleigh nice. Webb, and then of course they're fucking loaded at uh, tight. Sorry, yeah. Chauncey, I know uh, I need to watch the f words, but uh, I don't know. It's just people don't like when I curse. See, that shows. shows oh wait, 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 wait. We can we can curse freely on the show. Thank you for listening. Yeah, you can. <laughs> All right, fucking a. Let's go then. Okay, so uh, their tight ends are Mark Andrew, Nick Boyle, Zay Likely, and Josh Oliver. So I do like their tight end depth, but just yeah, I like Mark Andrews to be the prime there. So those I are Madden Andrew generated players if I ever heard them. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know the picture. Um, so uh, I got Mark actually, Andrews right. number three. Oh, wait, Chauncey. So I'm gonna say that again. Let's see if uh, any of these guys have a picture. Tylen Wallace, Shamar Bridges, Slade Bolden. He's on the IR. That doesn't count. Devin Duvernay, Demarcus Robinson, Makai mm-hmm. Polk, James Prochet. Yeah, sure. sure. Benjamin Victor, Raleigh Webb, Mark Andrews, Nick Boyle, Zay Likely, Josh Oliver. Of all those names, which one do you think does not have a picture of the most? Mm, Duvernay. Duvernay, all right. Duvernay was actually a high pick, so I think he may uh, have okay. a picture. Okay. Duvernay does have a picture. Yeah. Uh, he was I wouldn't say a high pick. He was a third round pick. Doesn't matter. He's still high enough that I think he's yeah, sort of no, relevant fair. in Madden then too, right? So see, I would have gone Benjamin Victor. Let's see if he has one. That's very possible. Ah some bitch. He does have one. <laughs> Damn it. Well, where are you looking? Are you looking on the Madden side or are you looking on their Ravens website or where are you looking? That plays ESPN. a factor too. Oh, ESPN? That okay. Maybe some of these guys may not have pictures. I don't know. This is why people listen to the podcast. Mark Andrews. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, let me close three. out my top five here. So I got Dallas Goddard at number four. I think he's going to be heavily involved yeah. in that Philadelphia offense. Jalen Hurts may not have all the time in the world with that offensive line sort of being a little bit shaky at times. So he may have a hard time getting the ball to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. So I like Dallas Goddard in the short, uh, short area sort of thing. As well as the red zone, I think he's really going to step up with Zach Ertz now gone too for a full season. So that's going to be mm-hmm. a big benefit for Dallas Goddard. And here's a surprise name, but it's not as much of a surprise for Tad because this is one of our bold predictions for the fantasy season. Albert Alquadibanov. You are not pinning me on this one. Well, we're both doing bold predictions. That's why I said our bold predictions. So we both oh, split it up there. But Albert Alquadibanov, okay. the tight end. This is the captain the going Denver down with his Broncos. ship and dragging his first mate with him right here. <laughs> So the tight end for the Denver Broncos, I think, you know, with Russell Wilson there, the offense having a lot more high, how um, some great players there were Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, um, Tim Patrick, unfortunately got hurt, but KJ Hamler. So they got a better offensive line. So he's a very dangerous threat Tim to be. Patrick, a speed... That's who I was trying yeah. to bring up before. It was Tim Patrick. Okay. So he's a very good speed threat, too, at the tight end position. So he's going to mismatch for linebackers as well as safeties. He's got a big body, so he's going to score a lot of red zone touchdowns. I very predict to have him him have a season like Julius Thomas when he broke out. So he's going to score, like, double-digit touchdowns, maybe only, like, 700 receiving yards or so. But it's just, like, that's going to make him finish within the top five. So I got him here at number number five specifically. All right, Tad, your turn. All righty. So, at first of all, obviously, I have uh, Travis Kelsey. As Amir said, that I think that, you know, the, the target share is just going to be too great to ignore there. He's basically, I would draft him almost, like, just just below Cooper Cup. Like, I think Kelsey's wow. going to have a monster year again, barring injury. And that's my big concern, is barring injury. I'm not sure. I'm not totally confident in his durability, but he's been healthy pretty much the entire year career. He's been in the NFL. Like he missed right. one game last well, year, and, and that's why I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Speaking, you know, going back to our snake draft conversation, if you're at the you know quote unquote boring spots of six or seven, Kelsey's not honestly a terrible pick there. Like you, you fulfill a, a 
position that is normally a streaming position for most, and you get wide receiver one production out of it, I, I don't hate the idea of Kelsey at the okay. end. Yeah, the especially if there's either. a running back, you don't really like it. Like, exactly. exactly. Like, I, I'd much rather go for Kelsey than reach for running back. Especially you're right. because you're you're what five six picks away from your next pick, mm-hmm. you're gonna get the same tier running back there. So, exactly. but it's important that's your draft strategy right there though. Is if you're gonna go Kelsey, you gotta go right that locks you in as running back whenever your next pick is. But not the worst pick in the world. So I, I really like Kelsey and Mark mm-hmm. Andrews. Basically, the same reason. I'm not the biggest Lamar Jackson fan. Uh, mm. uh, uh, Chauncey, your listeners will be fascinated to hear this. Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray are both outside my top 12 quarterbacks. Wow. Well, that's that's the next one, so put a pin uh, in that. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, am not, I am not a fan of either one of them fantasy-wise. Um, go to Murr first for that because i got to pull up my notes to defend myself because, <laughs> woo, did I get yelled at by my friends for that one. Okay. Uh, at number three, I'm very excited about this guy. and I, I wouldn't call him a sleeper. Because he's not a sleeper at this point. He everyone knows he's good. Those don't exist anymore anyway. Let's just be yeah, honest. Exactly. There's no such thing as a fantasy sleeper anymore. Yeah. Um I think a lot of people are, are being too quiet on uh Darren Waller. Like mm-hmm. let's not forget that Josh McDaniels is for- is I've... what so what's the reason? Health and durability. Okay, fair, but I mean for the for the How many games did he miss last year? I can look that up. Uh actually Murray, can you look that up while I'm talking? <laughs> Yeah, go for it. So, but here's the reason why I do like him is let's not forget that Josh McDaniels is a good coordinator. Look, I am a Colts fan. I hate that man. Yes, he is. Mm. He absolutely is. Look at Mm. the Patriots offense that improved once he went back. Look, dude, this guy turned Tim Tebow into a competent-looking NFL quarterback. And was fired a year and a half later. Yeah, because he was a (laughs) moron and decided not to go anywhere else. Dude. The Denver Broncos were so happy that Peyton Manning went because Tim Tebow was so popular there that mm-hmm. that was the only quarterback that they possibly could have brought in to get rid of Tebow. If they would have gotten rid I of just, Tebow for anyone else, that would have been a disaster. It was I only like that Peyton Manning. That's how I I'm a Colts fan. You think I, I like know. him? No. <laughs> He's a douchebag. I think he does have hate for Josh. No, Josh McDaniel could take that Raiders helmet and stick it right up his ass for all I care. But here's the bottom line is that dude is a good offensive mind. And you cannot deny this at the very least. That man knows how to make the most out of a tight end. So, especially if he sticks that helmet up there. So, if he... Oh, that was a great joke, Murray. Don't shake your head. That That was was a a great joke. That was a cheap one. (laughs) That was an excellent joke. But, so, I I think that McDaniels has two players that he's really going to thrive with. And, believe it or not, it's not Devontae Adams. No, I think he's going to make the most out of Renfro, and he's going to make the most out of Waller. So okay. I really, but that's why three is there. Exactly like what you said. Are there some risks with Waller? Absolutely. But if you're willing to risk it, I think that Waller is well worth it. But at the same time, you need to make sure that you invest in a good backup because those durability concerns are not unfounded. That is a very, very mm-hmm. valid concern. So Darren Waller missed six games last season, so he played in eleven. So not even half the season. Yeah. Okay, but I rest my case. I'm just saying. <laughs> So, actually, now that, cause again, I made these rankings before the preseason really started, I actually might, you know what, screw it, I'm going to flip this on the spot. Ooh. Mm-hmm. George Kittle at number four. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm a believer okay. in Trey Lance. You've converted me a mer. well, no, you have You mean Garoppolo, shit. right? Uh, wow. Well, oh, was that you that said you felt bad for him? Who was it that no, said that? No, it was Carrie. 
That was Carrie. Yeah. Did he ever explain himself? Because I saw that he message. Did. It, I never... it, it took a lot later, like after uh, Chauncey and myself, and I think Dan made some jokes about I it. I just like, but, I, I yeah. saw like three messages going, what, why, hold on. And I was like, wait, something happened. And I scrolled up and I was having, I was in a meeting at the time, so I couldn't respond. But I was like, yeah, that's a bad take. But um, find what he said. I'll find it real fast. Yeah, yeah. But no, I and the reason I, I I think these were my exact words when we uh, did this episode where we released these rankings was Trey Lance is a question mark here. Like I'm just not sure what to expect out of Trey Lance. I'm a believer. That dude looks legit. I liked him mm. coming out of the draft. I even Amir and I were texting. And that was the only time I've heard Amir say fuck in my entire life. It was in text, but yes, yeah. Wow. A bird texting me back in all caps, fuck yes, when they took Trey Lance. As he should. That dude looks good. He is making some young quarterback mistakes for sure, but on the whole, I like it. Like I, okay. I think that Trey Lance is going to lean on George Kittles, so George Kittles is my number four, which then drops Kyle Pitts to my number five. Now, I will say again, maybe I'm buying too much of this preseason hype, but if it's Marcus Mariota, my stock in Pitts goes down. But if it's Desmond Ritter... I'm, I'm Ritter's converting me, man. He looks good. Okay. So yeah, so I got Kyle Pitts at number uh, five, and uh, yeah, number six through nine, real quick. Uh, Dalton Schultz, T.J. Hawkinson, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard. I want to put Hawkinson higher because I really like him in Hard Knocks, but I just I can't I can't do it. Well, I can't like the Hard Knocks thing. Lions are gonna be fun. Oh, they are. I mean, this has been the best season of Hard Knocks since the Jets. Wow, that's a high bar. Is it? We had the Joe Philbin in Miami season. That that was a that 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 set the bar about fifty feet below ground level. Mm, okay. All right. Now moving on to the quarterbacks. All right, Murray. You gonna, yeah, Murray. You take this one so I can pull All up right. my uh, Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray notes. Yep. Fair. Fair. Um, so number one, I got Patrick Mahomes. I think sure. even with the loss of Tyreek Hill, I think he's going to become more of what you would say a you know spread the ball around sort of yeah. quarterback. He's not just going to rely on one or two options. It's subtraction. Exactly. And I got, the, I like the pieces that they added. I like Sky Moore. I've already said that I really like Juju Smith-Schuster as well. MBS, um, Justin Watson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They got some great pieces there. Obviously, they still have Travis Kelsey. So I think the fact that he's not going to be so reliant on only one or two receivers in his offense, he's going to look for the open guy more often, and that's just going to make him come back and become one of that, you know, the, the quarterback that's like you don't know where he's going to go with the ball. He's going to find the open guy. Like, I mean, he's already a great quarterback, but it's just like he's just going to take another level. Yeah, he's just going to take another level there, and he's going to become the number one fantasy quarterback as well. So I got him taking the number one spot. And number two, I got Josh Allen slipping just one spot from last year and being the number one last year. But, I mean, just that offense is just so loaded. We already talked about the greatness of Stephon Diggs. We have a lot of great supplemental weapons, like we already talked about, with Gabe Davis is going to have a breakout season. Isaiah McKenzie in the slot, James Crowder in the slot, Dawson Knox will hopefully be healthy for the entire season. You have to remember James Cook, who they drafted in the third round, if I remember correctly. Maybe it was the second round. To be honest. But he's a really good pass catcher. He's a natural he pass no, catcher. Right. So when they use him in passing situations, he's going to be a threat there. Devin Singletary is a pretty good pass catcher too. But I mean, just James Cook really what about looks Zach like Moss. Team. Zach Moss is so irrelevant in he's that so offense bad, now. Dude. He was a healthy he's scratch so for two straight weeks last season. So I'm pretty sure three. I think, they, I, I think it might have been three. No, I, I looked it up. I, it I did an two? article okay. on the Buffalo Bills. So yeah, I had to look that one up. But yeah, um, you, you yeah, actually do your articles. So yeah. I trust you. <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, so I got Josh Allen finishing at number two with the offense that they have. I know Tad's not high at him, but I like him to have a bounce back season after being injured last season. Lamar hmm. Jackson, number three. I think he's just going to put up nope. great rushing nope. numbers again. Nope. He nope. may not still Don't have the passing the numbers, Don't but he's it. going to Don't be a rushing it. threat nope. every single time that he has the ball. Don't so I got it. him at number three to have a really good bounce back season. Number four. Justin Herbert, we talked about this Chargers offense already, mm-hmm. how great it's going to be. He's going to be in the MVP conversations. Maybe he'll slip into the top three, too, with the passing yards they put. Like, I mean, he and Tom Brady were the only two quarterbacks to throw for over 5,000 yards last season. Brady, unfortunately, had more passing touchdowns than Herbert did. Herbert also had more interceptions as well. So that was the things that sort of knocked him as far as being a fantasy quarterback but those things i think he'll clean up this year he'll throw for more touchdowns with the 17 game schedule it's a gift for fantasy quarterbacks they're just gonna throw for so many more yards so justin herbert as a top four but like i said he could slide in the top three for me as well and number five with the change in team with better weapons around him russell wilson will jump back into the top five for fantasy quarterbacks he's got jerry judy he's got Cortland sutton He's got my boy Javante Williams coming out of the backfield. Elwood Gordon's a God, great pass. Your crush on that guy is unreal. It, it, yeah, I, I don't know what it is, but yeah, I love me some Javante Williams. Elwood Gordon's a great pass catcher as well. They got I'm going to take him on Wednesday just to make you miserable. You might. I, I have a feeling you hey, might do that. Javante Williams, first overall. <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, but I already talked about Albert Okwadibanam. They also got the rookie Greg Dulcich, who I'm great, hearing great things about the tight end out of UCLA. So, I mean, that's going to be a great option for Russell Wilson as well. He loves throwing to the tight end. So, yeah, I think with a stable offensive line, some better weapons around him, Russell Wilson will climb back into that top five for fantasy quarterbacks. Tad? Well, real quick, uh, uh, what was the quarterback you reacted negatively there, Chauncey? Uh, Who did I react negatively to? I'm going to go through your top five real quick. Uh, It was Mahomes, Allen, Jackson, Herbert, and Wilson. Oh, Wilson, you were ne- re- reacting. No, I'm just like, Wilson. all right. Okay. okay. Well, no. what's the, your, the, what's the, the reasoning there? The seeds are there. Just if his legs aren't aren't there and uh, the last two years weren't an aberration, that could be a problem. That's fair. That's very fair. But like I said, I like the change in offense. It's going to be me built too. more around Russell Wilson. Sure. You know, so I, I like that for that. Don't get me wrong. But you're very I right. Easily, I can right. easily see him being MVP, but I could also see him being like, oh, no. If it was, you know, the Nathaniel Hackett higher, I, I, I don't love it. Like, it's not great, but it's not mm-hmm. bad. Like, that's not higher that's good enough where I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the guy that's going to revive Russell Wilson. I could see how it could happen, but I don't have the full confidence that's a guarantee to mm-hmm. happen. No, yeah, no. Wilson, no, Wilson's not a bad pick because the, the upside is way up there. Mm-hmm. And that's fair. That's fair. So I'm going to run through my entire top 12 because, uh, well, because I needed to be quick about it. Then. <laughs> I'm going to go quick. All right. So ta ta ta. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, oh, so at number, I'm not doing that. No, again, please. It's not your turn. It's Tad's. Um, yeah. Shut up, Amber. But um, no, it was talking to Mel. Please. Oh, shit. <laughs> shut up, Mel. No, nice. you shut up. Nice. Um, wow. That was my worst Mel of the night. But uh, at number one, I actually have Justin Herbert. Okay. I, I see exactly like what Murr said. I don't think this guy is going to be in the MVP race. I think he's going to own the MVP race. Wow. I, okay. with Between Austin Eckler, 
Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and maybe I'm falling for the classic Chargers tight end trap that I seem to fall into every year. But I really, really think that Gerald Everett is going to be the I tight end. I do like Gerald Everett. Yeah, yeah I'm on I, I think Everett so. I, I constantly oh. do with the, this with the Chargers where I'm like, this oh. is the tight end since Antonio can, Gates. Look, I can tell you this right now as someone who um, wrote multiple times for this site about Gerald Everett and him going to be, um, you know, breaking out finally. It's not going to happen. Okay, but that's He's all right. Bad, because Herbert is runner. That was fair, fair. He's not a good route runner, and he doesn't block very well. Won't won't fight you for a second on that one. Like okay. again, like I'm i I've been burned too many times by Chargers tight ends. On the flip side, I do like their number three receiver, Josh Palmer. I think he's going to have a really yeah. Good if it was going to happen but, forever, it would have already. And here's the thing: he has solid tight ends all the way to the third stringer. So like, even if yeah, Everett's yeah, yeah. not amazing, yeah, affect Herbert. I'm just saying in a vacuum. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So my, my entire point is that as long as everyone can stay healthy, because I. I'm not going to lie, Chauncey. I thought that Mike Williams was toast this year. I thought he was leading. Yeah, me and, too. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that you guys retained him, I excellent move. Wait, you, you guys. guys what, yeah, Chauncey's what, a Rams fan. <laughs> I thought you were a Chargers fan. I don't no. know. All these LAFB people, <laughs> I hate them both. You so don't read me. You don't listen to the show. I'm insulted. <laughs> I listen to the show whenever you guys talk about movies, but I get enough <laughs> Every football. fucking week. <laughs> Well, yeah, Every I, got, week. I, got, I got to hit the, like, skip 30 seconds button like this. You know, it, it strains my thumbs, man. My thumbs are not that strong. Uh, yeah. But, um, but no, I really do. The show I read about the Super Bowl champion Rams rally. It's true. Yeah, well. Damn. Welcome, welcome to Mer's Life where I, like, half pay attention. And you're like, yeah. were you listening? I'm like, yeah, not really. Nope. Um, but, no, I, I really think that Justin Herbert's a, a shoe-in for the MVP this year. If oh, he can. Shoe-in. Okay. Shoe-in. I'm not joking. Like, I'm a big, okay. big, 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 big believer in the Chargers this year. So, Justin Herbert – how about this? Running away with number one. It's not even close. Wow. Okay. I, see. Like, right, I, cool. I think this is the most talented offense going into the season. There's a reason that Eckler and Herbert both have my number one okay. spots at their position groups. Cool. Like, I am all a right. big, big believer. Again, it all depends on health. But if <laughs> but, but, but all going but all going health has not been a really well, big issue for this. Listen, it, but it's the Chargers though, and like by week nine, everyone could be gone. Well, and that's another thing. It's like this. Like, is you gotta, you it gotta being me, this is probably gonna backfire wonderfully on me. So like, you guys can make fun of they me. They have but. those seasons where you're like, "Oh my god!" Like, who are they yeah. trotting out there at running back? Or yeah, uh, right. has happened cool. so many times before. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why this is a risky pick. But again, if they can stay healthy, I think the Chargers could absolutely run away, and we could have back-to-back LA Super Bowl champs here. Like that would not shock oh. me in the least. Okay. I mean, Ted, I do you remember? Do you remember say e a a, a, a Jiro Rutu? Do you think I remember that? <laughs> no. He was one of those guys that they threw out there as a Chargers wide receiver no. when guys went down. No, and there's a reason because I probably purposely blocked it from my memory from the PTSD <laughs> of trying that name once in my life. See, but you're a root Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even gonna try that. <laughs> All right, number two quarterback. Number yeah. two is Patrick Mahomes. Like Amir said, Patrick Mahomes is the new Tom Brady. No matter how bad, bad quote quote the offense is around him, it's Patrick Mahomes. He's gonna make do with it. So he's going. Do pretty well with their uh, with that offense. Sky Moore, I'm not so high on him. Juju Smith-Schuster, I'm actually a little higher on him than I think most people are. But either way, I think there's going to be some receiver that breaks out this year. Who it is? That's crapshoot. I, I can give you plenty of reasons for either one, but I think uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to say 
relatively pretty, uh, you know, consistently good there. Uh, Josh Allen, number three. Honestly, it's more of a 2A, 2B thing with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. So let's not get in the weeds there. Joe Burrow, we talked about that. Uh, Mm. I I, I am a big believer in the Cincinnati offense. Like that, they, the one thing they had to do, once again, was invest in the offensive line, and they did so really, really well and really smartly, too. They didn't really overpay anyone. So I like the Cincinnati offense going forward. Uh, Number five. I also have Russell Wilson. So right. I, I'm, a, I'm a believer. I'm a believer, but I'm, I'm right there with you, Chauncey, as I could see this this going either way. It's like you're... you're like, this the, could be close on the Angels. I'm just saying. Like, we could... We really could be... Where it's, yeah, where it's like, oh, they hit 10 home runs, <laughs> but they still lost. And you're like, yep. how? How is that possible? Right. Um, but no, the way I see Russell Wilson is it's like that old movie trope where it's the car on the ed- the, the side of the bridge. Mm-hmm. It's like, you gotta turn the radio so that it balances out. Oh yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. So that's, <laughs> that's how I see Russell Wilson. Like everyone gets to the back and, um, see, Ted so, didn't get that reference. No, I did not. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I pretended I did. I was hoping no one was going to call me out on that. But, uh, <laughs> Because that's one of the hundreds of Simpsons episodes I've never seen. That was Mr. Plow. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, so I'm going to go real quickly through here. Uh, number six is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I, I'm not a big believer in this Packers offense. I think they're going to take a real step off this year. Number seven is Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady. Dude's 45, man. He's got to drop off eventually. Can I, can I just say one thing about the Bucks though, that I really don't like, that their interior line doesn't exist? Yep, yeah, they have yeah. suffered a lot of injuries. And unfortunately, Did they, they ever relying... sign J.C. Treader, by the way? Did That's what I was about happen? to say. I was like, they were relying on possibly signing J.C. Treader. You know what he did? He retired. Did he really? Yes, I actually he didn't did. see that. Oh, wow, I that think was... it was a couple days ago. It was Oof. announced that, he, yeah, he retired. He's still going right. to be the, like, the NFLPA president or like the player rep or like whatever that position is, but he is no longer going to be playing in the NFL. So yeah, yeah. that would scare me Like if, if I'm betting on Brady for fantasy. is like, yeah. how many times is he going to not... attack? No, That's I'm fair. not a big believer in Brady, and yeah. you know he's good. You know, obviously he's Brady, and I don't need to like blow any smoke. But like, if he he's going to get sacked a lot, I think. I think and that was Brady the big thing that made the... Brady so good in Tampa Bay is because he had such a great offensive line. But yeah, exactly more. like not you said, more. Chauncey, with that, with some of the holes possibly there, and who knows what's going to happen to the stable pieces too. Maybe they're going to get hurt too. So that's going to be a very questionable piece. So mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, trusting Brady as well as possibly Leonard Fournette could take a little bit of a fantasy dip as well. So yeah, that is something to be concerned about. I don't hate Brady if you go this route of if you're the type of guy that's like I want to build my roster like around all the other positions and then mm-hmm. take a quarterback flyer, which is a risky way to go, but not a terrible strategy in my opinion. Brady's a pretty good one that could slip that you could get. And again, if you're going to take a flyer, Brady's a pretty good flyer, but it's a flyer nonetheless. Yeah. Okay. Go on. Uh, all right. Then at number eight, I have Dak Prescott. I think that his rushing ability just kind of will catapult him enough in there. That goes for the same for my number nine, which is Jalen Hurts, a quarterback who I absolutely despise, by the way. But his rushing numbers are just too good. I think he always ends up in that you know top ten area. So I think Jalen Hurts will end up there again. Derek Carr, number ten. Matthew Stafford, number eleven. Matt Ryan, number twelve. So. I know people are going Matt Ryan, Derek Carr, Matt Stafford above Lamar Jackson. Here's the deal. Well, I'm this... concerned that Dak is above Matthew Stafford. Why? 
I, I, well, again, I think the timing is important to note when I was taking these notes. That was when mm-hmm. the uh, Stafford elbow thing was in the news. And so I was like, I don't know. And I think that was just preseason hype stuff of like, we yeah. just want things. He seems so, okay. He seems okay. He's looks pretty good. So I, honestly, like if I really had to do it over again, let me take a look at my uh, top 12. Uh, yeah, I'd probably move Cardin. 10 and Stafford to 9, which dropped okay. Hurts to 11. So, okay, I got a move bit. there. But also, I'm just, I'm not sure, uh, as Charles, I'm not sure if you watched it, uh, but our, our draft coverage mm-hmm. uh, showed that I'm not the biggest believer in Al Robinson. I'm not that I think he's going to do, no. I, I don't think he's going to do badly. I just think okay. that uh, our LAFB cohorts are uh, overrating him a bit. Mm. Okay. So I'm a little, I'm a little worried. That worry is not the right word, but I just, I, I, it wouldn't shock me if Stafford took a slight step back. I don't, I don't see him like, you know, being like, oh my God, Stafford's old now, he should retire, all that stuff. I don't see that happening. But I don't quite see Stafford staying as a consistent top five quarterback because people forget consistency. Those last six weeks of the season for Stafford was horrific. I know. I lived it. I wrote about it. I And I lived it, too. He was my go-to quarterback. I traded for him. It was great for, like, three weeks. And then he got inconsistent. And I was like, what the <laughs> hell is happening here? And so I'm just like, all that combined is giving me – is making me a little wary of Stafford. But One um, thing I will add, though, to sort of side with Dak Prescott, though, is that – his line just sucks. Lost Kyra, he, no, his line sucks, but that will help he just his lost Smith for the entire year, practically. He's not going to be available until December, so that's dropping my Dak Prescott stop. stop. So that's why I'm sort but of agreeing with Charles here. That's he needs a, to drop. It also means that he's going to be on his legs more, so he could well, get you some more rushing touchdowns. it won't be positive yards, because it's not like he's like Russell Wilson or like Lamar. Oh, I think he's comparable yeah. to Russell Wilson. No. Oh, Russell Wilson I'll give you. I, okay. I'd probably say prime Russell not Wilson. Lamar, not Russell Lamar. Wilson I won't say Lamar, but. I but just yeah, think Dak's going to get stack a lot. That's the thing. Like, I see he's not going to want to run. He's not gonna one of the bigger things, one of the bigger things that Russell Wilson has on his side is he's more pocket aware. Dak Prescott doesn't have the pocket awareness. No, that's no. Fair. like he that's can fair. scramble when he needs to, but he doesn't have the pocket awareness. Somebody's gonna sneak in and get him from behind, and you'll maybe get a one yard gain mm-hmm. or possibly no yard gain. Whereas Russell Wilson, all automatically had that clock in his head that's like I need to get out and get on the move sort of thing. So, no, very very fair. But uh, so yeah. yeah, I mean I don't know. Again, I th- I'm I'm a believer enough in that Dak Prescott, and plus I live in Dallas, so I had to put him on this list, otherwise <laughs> I'd be murdered on my way to work. So it's 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 more like you know safety. Um. So all right, but Chauncey, I want to guys. Tim Kalish, I'm gonna hunt you down. What I don't understand. I mean, Tim Kalish, I'll skip Bayless. Take your pick, man. One of them's gonna get me. <laughs> skip Bayless is too busy yelling at Aaron Donald and LeBron. It's fine. Yeah, that's true. Well, now Aaron Donald's going to just beat him to death with two helmets, so that's okay. <laughs> oh, hey, you know, if Lyle Collins doesn't punch first, I'm just saying. Like, yeah, no, that's a fair point. You um, don't the bear. Chaun- <laughs> literally a bear when it no, comes to don't do it. Like, literally don't do a bear. Don't do it. It's like that Friends episode where it's like, don't do it. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, so Chauncey, I want to give you a pop quiz, though. Because I, like I said, oh, so man. I released my quarterback rankings and my friends screamed at me. They mm-hmm. were screaming because one of them went to OU and another one's mm-hmm. a Cardinals fan. So, of course, I got both the pro Kyler fan and the college Kyler fan screaming at me. Now, last year, 2021, mm-hmm. where do you think Kyler Murray finished? For fantasy? For fantasy football. Among <sighs> quarterbacks. Out of, so, out of what, 32? Not uh, sure. 
<laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say he got to live off of the that first eight weeks to so like seventeen. Seventeen, okay. Where do you think Lamar Jackson finish? Well, he missed most of the year. It was mostly Huntley time, so probably like twenty four, twenty five. So, and again, this is including games where they played. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Kyler Murray finished eleven. Mm. Lamar Jackson finished fifteen. So I know that's not bad. And again, I'm not saying these players are bad. But what I'm saying is expecting these players to finish as like number two or number three a mer is absolutely ridiculous because their longevity is not guaranteed. So this is my entire point. All right. Back in 2020, do you want to guess where Lamar Jackson? So last time Lamar Jackson played most of the season, do you want to guess where he finished there? In 2020? 10. 10. So you're close. Hmm. So, exactly. Why is it this insane that after back-to-back years where he finishes outside? Well, I'm more, more venting on my friends yeah, yeah. here and other people because we got some Twitter hate for this, too. Is Why is it that crazy to think that Lamar Jackson is not a consistent top 10? He's writing on one good season. I do not trust this guy to perform consistently well. as a passer, as a runner. And now, I'm not saying he's a bad runner because, again, this is where people mix you know things up. Not being a consistent runner does not mean you're not a good runner. It means that you're a skinny dude who gets well, hurt a lot because you're a runner. Do you, do you remember our conversation last time about how fantasy pickles your brain? You're asking me if I remember something. So the answer <laughs> yeah. is automatically that's, no. That's, this is what I'm talking about. Because of the MVP season, your, your judgment's forever clouded. Just like that first Kyler season where it was super fun. Like, you're clouded like, oh yeah, he's a he pencil right, in for exactly. all this stuff. And it's like, the reality doesn't bore that out, man. Like, Lamar's a good example of that. Plus, they have no receivers outside of Mark Andrews. No receivers. And... Look, Tyler Wallace, Rashad Bateman, they're good, but they're good like, number two, number three they're weapons. They're fine. They're not yeah. number one weapons. Now, if you can tell me that his running game, like he can throw to like uh, Gus or Dobbins or whomever. But do you trust Dobbins? Do you trust Gus? No, because they're coming off of major injuries. And, you know, like I don't still like Greg Roman as an offensive coordinator, and I'm sure Amir doesn't no, either. No, Greg Roman's a fucking terrible offensive coordinator. That's another thing. Like, I don't understand why you keep him. Like even when you're like, okay, fine, we were able to feed feed off a of hot leaf for a little while. Like, wouldn't you just get a new guy? Like, I just don't understand what like what his value is. So no, that's that's my entire point here. That's why Lamar Jackson fell out my top twelve because no, if, if he gets either. hurt, if he misses three or four games, he will not finish his top twelve quarterback. No, and then Kyler Murray is the same deal. Can't, yes, at his best, is Kyler Murray top seven quarterback? 100%. But let's take a look at his offensive line as of about a month They're ago. bad. DJ Humphreys, Justin Pugh, Rodney Hudson, Will Hernandez, and Kevin Beecham. That mm-hmm. would have been amazing to list off about five years ago. Yeah. Now I'm looking at that. I'm like, great. You just got a bunch of big names that have just proven themselves to be busts. And also, right? quietly, he doesn't have any receivers. Well, especially, yeah, because what, uh, D-Hop is out, is it six or eight games? Six. six games, the first six games. So, yes, D-Hop, I call him D-Hop, I don't call him That's Nuck, because Nuck is a terrible nickname. That's a dumb nickname. Yeah. It's, it, I, you I know what reminds me of, actually, John Seal respect this, it reminds me, every time I hear someone say that, I'm like, Nucky Thompson? Okay, I thought you were going to get three stooges, that works too. No, yeah, I always think of uh, Buscemi in Boardwalk Empire, I'm like, Nucky? Like, uh, but, uh, well, you gotta, but, yeah. say, you gotta say, like, Michael Pitt, Nuck. <laughs> All right, no, so no. We, we we found Chauncey's uh, top. Yep. Or, uh, uh, all right, yeah, we found his Mel Kiper impersonation. But um, yeah, no, so so yeah, Dehop's out for six. Marquise Brown, I don't think he's going to get suspended over this. You know, 
Wait, was it drunk driving or just speeding? No, just speeding. It was reckless. Yeah. It was, it, if he was going to get suspended, it happened by now. And is, honestly, it rec- is it reckless speculation to say he was probably drunk as well? No, because that would have come out. Yeah. That come out. I don't know. No, I that would have come out. That always. No, 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 no. That would have come I, out because there would have been. Re- there would have been an arrest report on it. It's just it's just reckless speeding. No, fair. All right, well, real quick, I'll tell you guys a funny story. So David Freeze, the guy who hit the game-winning uh, home run, mm-hmm. well, game-tying the game-winning home run in Game 6 of the World Series. Uh, I'm in Texas as I tell the story, so if a sniper shoots me, that's why. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Great Dodger, he, by the way. He's a fun Dodger. We don't talk about that. <laughs> I do. But uh, he, and this is why he's a tosher, by the way, is uh, he uh, avoided a deer on the highway and sure. drove through two fences and then hit a tree. And everyone in St. Louis was like, uh-huh, yeah, avoided a deer. Okay, mm, sure. And we're like, everyone knows he was drunk driving. The cops just let him well, in New York, they call that the Billy Joel. Nice. Except he All right, in the so house. That, that's how two people right. were, this, this show is about to get sued for, by the way. Um <laughs> But no, my, my entire point is it's not so much against their playing ability or, well, when it comes to the Cardinals, is their offense for the, those reasons. Is it's, it's the longevity. I do not trust either one of those quarterbacks to last my entire season. and sure. I don't want to invest in trying to find a good backup quarterback. I think having a backup quarterback is important, but I mm-hmm. think that going that far in on a quarterback where you need to make sure your backup's good, that's not worth it in my opinion. Load so, Chad, up a receiver, need... load up a running back. Go okay. ahead with your crappy joker, No, it's not a joke. I need to double – I want to see how much you're going to double down on your prediction here. But, like, should we add this to our board bet? Like, are you saying both Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray are going to finish outside the top 12? Or you can pick one, either one. But I was just... about to say, I'll, I'll go one. I won't go both. Okay, which one? one? Because, again, if they stay healthy, absolutely they'll live in the top 12. Well, all our board bets are based off of if they stay healthy. So, yeah, you pick whichever one, but you're saying that Kyler Murray and or Lamar Jackson are going to finish outside the top. I got Murray. Five. I think Murray's the more likely Kyler Murray. to get okay. hurt. So, Murray will finish outside the top. All five. right. That leads me to my – I have two more questions for you, for each of you. You're, sure. Give me one Super Bowl fantasy prediction. Just one. In terms of, like, Super Bowl... No, just just your one big... This is I'm going to plant my flag. This is, like, the one bold thing I'm going to make uh, take a stand on that's going to happen. Murray, you give go me, first. I need give me anything. It's like a fancy bold prediction, essentially. Yeah, right? yeah. 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 Like, like a Super Bowl, like, I'm not wavering. There's no there's no wavering. It's just, I'm, this is happening, damn it. I see. Okay. Um... For me, um, I'm actually just um, – for people who sort of heard it, just, you know, I sort of brought this oh, up earlier. I, got you know, our my, board I, bets. Got, I can't believe I didn't think of this. So right, but our, board bets, first, first. our board bets here, we're sort of – as the season's sort of going, me and Tad are sort of making bets as far as what's going to be happening through mm-hmm. the season for fantasy purposes as far as the regular Don't. season purposes too. So, Don't you know, it. we just added Kyler Murray to the Don't board bet it. sheet here. Tad mm-hmm. has also said that Baker Mayfield will finish as a top That was going to be mine. Wow. Okay. So you can elaborate on that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I go. said Jameis Winston will throw for 26 passing touchdowns or more, but this is the one that I'm not wavering on, but Tad seems to think that I'm crazy for this one. T. Higgins is going to score oh, more ridiculous. fantasy points than DJ Moore because Tad is so very much on the it's Panthers bandwagon that Baker, okay. Baker Mayfield is going to work out there, that DJ Moore is going to be a good <laughs> option. He's a great fantasy option, but I think this Bengals offense is just going to be so much more high velocity, high octane, high okay. potency, whatever it is. So it's like even though T. Higgins is the second option in that offense, he's, he's still going to be better than DJ Moore. So I'm not wavering on that one. Okay. That's a good one. 
No, it's not. <laughs> See, dad well, thinks I'm crazy. It's bold, isn't it? I don't well, know. Yeah, bold isn't wrong, but yes. I didn't say I didn't say you have to be right, but what's a bold one? That's a good one. No, well, that's fair. That's fair. Now, so here's my deal with the Baker Mayfield one because that is when I did like, oh, I knew there was something mm-hmm. I've been thinking of. Yes, I'm 100. percent Especially after this preseason, okay. I'm 100 percent riding this Baker Mayfield train. And you know what? So is Matt Rule. That's exactly why they traded for better. Lee. Oh. He's on the he's like on the tracks, man. Lavishka, better. Lavishka, what, what's his first name? Lavishka. Lavishka. Lavishka Chenault. Okay, thank you. I knew the last name. I was gonna get there, but well, yeah. I just want to make sure because the, the Jaguars receiver. Yeah, that's actually that was really bad. You shall not pass. Uh, but anyway, so no, the, I I really honestly do believe this that Baker Mayfield has a solid shot to end up as a top twelve quarterback because I think okay. that people forget that. His rookie year, leading up to until Stefanski got out there, he was stuck in this, you know, kind of uh, what I call Alex Smith syndrome of these constantly changing offensive schemes. And then Stefanski gets there. Well, that's a great system. Don't get me wrong, but that's not a quarterback-friendly system. Mm-hmm. So even in that system, he passed for 28 touchdowns, around six interceptions. I'm not going to look up the stats right now because we got to get going. But um, he – even in a run-heavy system, those are extremely quarterback-favorable numbers. Now, people are going to tell me, Ted, did you watch him play last year? Yes, I did watch Baker Mayfield play last year. I also watched half of Baker's Mayfield body break down as the year went on by week eight. So I think yeah, that he should he, have he have. He made a gamble on himself. He said, it's my contract year. I'm going to prove that I care about this team. And the team said, thanks, but no thanks. It was a bad gamble by him. So I think that now that he's with Matt Rule, who... You know, jury's still out. I'm one of those people that I'm not right. He really off. needs this season. <laughs> I'm the one, but that's the thing is desperation breeds one of two things, success or failure. And I'm I'm going to guess and there's no in-between with coaches on the hot seat, right? That's like, correct, very rarely, especially with an impetuous owner who wants to win now. Oh, oh my God. That, that, I want to say Jerry Richardson. I know that was the old owner. David Tepper. David Tepper. Thank you. That was it. Yeah. No, yeah Richardson's definitely <laughs> out. But somehow Dan Snyder is still here. Hmm. Um, but... I really, really do think that uh, that Baker has the potential. Now, I'm not saying it's a sure thing, but he definitely has the potential to finish as a top. I'm even going to up it a bit. Top 10 quarterback. I oh, really, man. really, really like Do I have like to Baker update Mayfield. the board beat? Board update the board. Update. Okay. Like. update. This is Let's what go. I wanted. Wow. Let's go. I like it. All I'm right. doing it. I'm telling you. I'm Good all on, on you, the man. Baker train. Dude, I'm a TCU grad, and I'm going to bat for an OU quarterback. That should tell you how much that I believe in this guy. Wow. I really do think that he just, the circumstances in Cleveland, as is the case with the, the history of Cleveland, not as a team, <laughs> but as a city, is just always been just not in his favor. So I think that now that he has a team that is fully, wholeheartedly, and I, I will never cheer for an injury, but the fact that Sam Darnold is hurt now means that like he ha- Darnold's out, Corral's out, it's Mayfield or bust. Like there is no like, oh Mayfield has a bad game. Maybe we you know send him for a right. couple drives. Like it is Mayfield or bust now? Because they, they they've seen what they have in PJ Walker. I love PJ Walker as well, but that dude is a good backup. He's not a starter. So I really think now that Baker has a full team support behind him with a not terrible offense. I'm I'm with it. And here's okay. So here's why I'm all I'm against this whole. T. Higgins' ridiculousness. Okay. Okay. It's Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. It's Joe Mixon. It's Hayden Hurst. Don't forget Hayden Hurst is not a Bengal. Boy. It's Tyler Boyd. 
and then it's T. Higgins. T. Higgins is no, not the no, fifth option no. on well, this team. Well, no, so you say that, and there's a reason I went in that order. Are you ready? Because the next week it's T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, Hayden Hurst, Joe Mixon. The next week it's Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and you get my point. Is mm-hmm. you cannot depend on any of these options. They are the new Saints. You do not know who's going to go off that week except for Jamar Chase. That's okay. fair, but at the end of the season, it's still going to be he's going to have a higher point total than DJ no, Moore because no, I feel no, the not. inefficiency no, of the not. Carolina Panthers offense. Who that, who's going to see it? Robbie Anderson hates Baker Mayfield, so he's never going to pass it to him. It's either going to be uh, Chenault or McCaffrey or DJ Moore. All right. Now your last question. What's oh, the God, best non Okay. One just no, it's a quick it's a quick question. What's the best non-sports thing you're watching right now? Chet? Oh, man. You know, so, Chauncey, uh, two things I want to talk to you about this, by the way. I know I was the one that said we can't go too late, but I, whenever you get into TV stuff. So, first off, She-Hulk is great. Yes, it I is. I really like it. Um, I get why people are upset with the whole, like, you know, I know I control my anger better than you. Like, okay, yeah, that could have been done better, but I still like it. Um, also, I'm definitely back in uh, uh, Game of Thrones mode with uh, House of Dragon. I haven't because, seen it yet. Uh, so here's the funny thing is this is what I did with Game of Thrones too is I know no one's name. But I'm always just like, oh, yeah, it's Matt Smith. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's the king dude. And it's the main chick. And it's the dragon guy. And I'm like, it's just like I'm right back in there with like there are six characters. I like them all, but I don't okay. know any of your names. Fair enough. Um, so, so House of Dragon, I like it. I think it's getting a little overhyped. I think the viewership numbers is just because it's like, oh my god, Game of Thrones is back. But I compare it to like season two of Game of Thrones, where you're I, like, all right. I now heard they didn't change the theme song. It makes me mad. They did. Uh, so the kind of change is a little different, but it's basically the same thing. Okay. So, yeah. Um, no, I'm trying to think. Yeah, those are really the only two new. Uh, only murders in the building. I'm finally finished finale. season two. Great finale. Excellent, excellent finale. Um, won't spoil anything, obviously, but uh, I fell for the twist. I fell for that. I did a little bit too. I was like, but I'm like, there has to be more to this. Like, it I'm... just makes sense with the with you know yeah, the, yeah. the age of everyone involved in that show. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. maybe they did just. Well, I was going on there. I'm like, like oh, maybe it was so and so. I'm like, oh wait, no, 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 no. That's too yeah, weird. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. So, uh, so no, so yeah, so only murders in the building. I was happy. I thought season two wasn't as good as season one, but still pretty solid. Yeah, all right, Amara. As far as recent watches, um, I think I brought this up to you earlier, but I was asking you about Station Eleven on HBO mm-hmm. Max. So mm-hmm. finished that a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's actually one of the few instances where I liked the film or TV adaptation better than the book. Like, I mean, the okay. book was okay, but there's definitely some holes where I was like, they could have fixed this a little bit better. They could have fixed this a little bit better. And that's where the TV show did a little bit of a better job. But overall, I just wasn't a huge fan of the Station Eleven story. I think it felt like mm. it jumped around a little bit too much for me. But if this is the cute, biggest <clears throat> thing that I want to see is just if someone who hadn't read the book, if they watched the TV show, if they really liked it, because that's what I heard that mm. a lot of people that sometimes if they haven't read the book, they watch the film or TV adaptation they find it just so much better so i could very much see that right. happening with station 11 specifically so i recommend you do check it out because i know mm-hmm. you said that you were considering watching it so i do recommend watching it. it's only 10 episodes they're about like 40 to 50 minutes in range so i don't think it should be that hard to okay. knock that out in a couple of days but yeah pretty good but just yeah for me the story overall was not as great but this is the one i wanted to talk about and tad i brought this up to you before already but 
I finally got around to watching Space Jam: A New Legacy. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah. Oh yeah, God, yeah. was it was it terrible? And so, well, real quick, thing- real quick yeah, story, okay. uh, real quick is uh, so the reason this was brought up is uh, Chauncey. I'm not, are you a big gamer at all? No. Okay, so I, I retired. I, I retired in like 2009. No, that you're you're an actual real adult. I like told me. Ted too. I was like, once you cross 30, it's like hard to become a gamer. I retired before like 30 that. though. Oh, you're talking before 30. Wow. Okay. Well, 2009, man. Also, I'm going to, by the way, it's, uh, never mind. I'm not going to do that. But, um, all right. It's it's awkward now, so I'm just going to do it. Speaking of turning 30, as of 12 minutes ago, I'm now 28. Well, happy birthday. Appreciate that. But, um, anyway, so Chauncey, I don't know if you heard about this game, but have you heard of Multiverses? Uh, no, I haven't. So there's uh, Warner Brothers made a free-to-play fighting game. Um, so it plays just like Smash Brothers. Okay. Uh, or Super Smash Bros. Um, but it's mm-hmm. just with Warner Brothers properties. So okay. you can play as Superman, Or HBO Bat- properties, specifically. Or HBO, yeah. yeah. So it can be Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Iron Giant. Uh, Arya Stark is one of the playable mm-hmm. characters. Finn, uh, Finn and what's the other one? Jake from Adventure Finn and Time. Jake, Adventure Time. Um, Rick from Rick and Morty, or sorry, no, Morty from Rick and Morty just got introduced. But anyway, so I was telling Amur, I was like, yeah, so, um, sorry, I totally forgot what we were. Space Jam. Space Jam. Space Jam. So I was telling Amur, I was like, yeah, yeah, you'll never guess who my uh, main is. And Amur just looks at me and goes, I swear to God, if it's LeBron. And I was like, I never knew you hated LeBron, LeBron that much. And he was like, it's <laughs> only because of Space Jam. So only because of Space Jam, LeBron is a playable character in this game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and now LG yeah, Warner Discovery. So yeah, I kid you not, like one of, he's uh, like that like his like jump up and slam down move is he literally dunks a basketball on you. Sure. It's terrible. Makes sense. Um, I made the mistake, this is what I was telling Tad, is that earlier in the day I watched the original Space Jam, Michael Jordan. I was like, this is fantastic. I love this movie. This is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Then later in the day I decided to watch Space Jam A New Legacy and I was like, Good God, this is horrible. So bad. I mean, it's just, there's no, like, the story didn't quite make sense. Chauncey, have you seen the movie? Didn't quite make sense. Okay. It's just like, it. the story was, like, disconnected at times. It was just, there was no jokes. Like, the whole fun of, like, having Looney Tunes in there is, like, you're supposed to bring, like, all those classic jokes. There was, like, none of that in the new movie either. Like, I mean, it was just, it was a glorified commercial for HBO Max. So many people have said this, but it's just, like, as they were going along in the story, in the story they're just, like, talking about all the, you know, um, licenses that they have. They talked about like Harry Potter and Game of Thrones and like the classic with Klaus- Casablanca and like all this stuff. And then obviously, Tad, I'm pretty sure you saw like screenshots from the game where it's like the the viewers are all properties. Of That's the my favorite part. That's when I knew that movie was going to suck is there was a trailer where they had the clockwork orange people watching yeah, the, the game troops, and I'm like, yeah, it was, what the yeah. shit are they doing there? And yeah, I was like, that, no, they had, no, I'm out. I'm like, I'm out. I'm they out. had the Danny DeVito penguin. They had the Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman, they had like random pirates. I did love the like some of the nostalgia pieces that Tad may not remember, but they had like Jabberjaw and the Flintstones. They had some other good classic ones that I love too, but just overall, just like God, this is just a huge two hour commercial for HBO. Cheadle's character was like weird too. Like, Cheadle's character was even a character, he was just like a like a archetype of like I'm an evil computer, and you're like. 
Okay. Yeah. And you're like, really? You got Don Cheadle for this? Like, this had to be a contract thing, right? No, Maybe. I think I'm just like, hey, man, like, I don't do much outside of uh, Rhodey anymore, so. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, yeah. broad then, money like, is good money. And then the fun of, like, the Monstars is, like, they were pretty involved in the first movie. But in the second one, it's, like, you get these high-profile basketball players. And it's, like, I feel like if they weren't as involved as much. So it's, just, like, why'd you get these guys then? Just no, for because the that was, that, that, was that, like, that was my favorite. Mer, I think you and I talked about this. This was my favorite joke from the first one. Like, the entire movie is when they're all walking. And then, like, every all the tall ones hit the, like, top of the yeah. doorway. And it's just Muggsy Bogues keeps walking. Like, that is a great way to involve the other players. And so it was yeah. like, here's a shitty, like, CGI Steph Curry. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I guess. Yeah. So I didn't even I, I didn't even finish it. The the moment I quit actually was that like I don't know ten minutes into when the Looney Tunes were introduced. So I was like, okay, this is where the movie starts picking up. I'm like, all right. And then after like ten minutes of not laughing with him and Bugs, I'm like, no, nope, this is just gonna suck, and I'm out. And I just stopped watching. Yeah, the only good Looney Tunes bit was Wiley Cody and Roadrunner and Fury Road. That's the only good bit. Oh, that was that was good. good. I did that like that. That sounds funny. One. That, that is was the only one, the one that parts I did like. You're right. You're right. That was Everything else is bad. Yeah, it was terrible. So bad. It was terrible. So Mer and I were talking. The only and Mer, I think you said you laughed at this as well. The only joke that I saw that made me laugh was when LeBron's son, who's not actually his son, which is also weird. Yeah, actors. If you're gonna, if you're gonna do that, weird. just like get your well, own kids to play Well, I mean, in the original Space Jam, it's actor kid actors who are playing Michael's kids too. So I, I mean, mean, sure, I, but whatever. But when the, <laughs> the very beginning, and this tells you something, is when your best joke is in the first ten minutes. Kids. Is when uh, is when the ball just nails his son in the face. That actually did make me laugh. Yeah, okay. that was pretty good. Tad told me about that, and I still laughed when I saw it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, physical comedy never fails. Well, where can the good people find you? Uh, well, yeah, we can definitely find us at Twitter and uh, Instagram. So we got the show handle at the Decide Guys for both instances. We're only on Twitter for um, the show purposes. So I got my personal handle. I'm Decide Twenty Three. Tad's a Tad the Tad Decide Ninety Four. Um, it's your own last name. How'd you screw that up? I said mine's fine. I said yours wrong. That's the only problem. But it's the same thing. Yours anyways. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but yeah, something fun. Uh, Chauncey, you asked us for bold predictions. Well, we are writing articles for every team in the NFL, all 32 of them. Oh, and yeah. related to that, we have a bold prediction for every team as well. So we do have a couple of teams left, but we're hoping to get all those done before kickoff, which is happening on September 8th. I'm, I'm but... saying we, that means me. I'm going to get them done. <laughs> but yeah, well, so if you want more great bold predictions like, you know, T. Higgins with more points than DJ Moore and Baker Mayfield finishing as a top 10 fantasy quarterback, we have a lot more, like I said, one for each individual team. So check out the LAFB Network website for all those articles as well. And I'm then I wanted to bet on us, my God. Sorry, Chauncey, but uh, Amir, just like off the top of your head, what's your favorite bold prediction? That we've done so far? Well, that you've done. So don't that steal I've done mine. so yeah, far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you are not a fan of this one, but I think it could actually happen as long as he stays healthy. Obviously, that's the key factor for most of this. But Elijah Mitchell, running back for the San Francisco 49ers, will finish as a top 15 running back. I'm worried. Maybe I said top I'm 10. Just... I can't even remember. No, it was top 10. Okay. That's why the I was top 10, yeah. yeah. I'm still on yeah. board with that one. I think mine was uh, that Cooper Cup will finish outside of the top five. You said top three. Top three. Top yeah. three. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Because, dude, that guy's getting drafted like a number one running back in some sure. place. And that's, I wouldn't that's do a that. bad idea. Yeah. That's a bad, <laughs> we'll bad idea. All Don't right. Well, that. if I wanted to bet on that, where would I go? That would be our great partners at Bet Online with the promo code BELIEVE50, where you can get a 50% welcome bonus on top of your initial deposit. 
And that's BLEAV50, correct? That is absolutely correct. All right. Well, I can't wait to see you guys in the draft on Wednesday. And I can't wait to see all your amazing fantasy content throughout the year, especially as your picks go down. Um, just kidding. <laughs> but I will have you guys on periodically throughout the season for fantasy updates. I promise. You guys have a wonderful night. Thank you for coming back. You're awesome. Welcome, Always glad to be on. Bye. Bye.